Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Hot Radio WABC, and we've got some good news today. That's some bad news, too. I'll describe what my day was like yesterday later on in the program. But the good news is, since last Monday, I've been in this studio alone. Of course, I miss my buddy, my partner, the man, the great Bernard McGurk. And uh, though not 100%, Bernard McGurk is, in fact, back in studio this morning. So let's start by saying, uh, Bernie, we missed you. We love you. Welcome back, pal. Well, thank you, Sydney. How you doing? Bernie in the hizzy. Bernie's in say. the hizzy. <laughs> yeah. My voice a little weak, as you can tell, but yeah. Uh, yeah. don't let that distract you. It's not going to bother me. I will kick some M. Blanken Heine. You think so? No, I don't. <laughs> not really. Not at all. Not at all. But uh, it is good to be back. I spent a couple of days uh, in the hospital last week Yeah. at the Sloan Kettering for tests, for tests, as they say in my old neighborhood. Yeah. And, uh, and then I have... Uh, I have to go back up today for an assessment of all that. I was wondering why uh, both Carol and Melanie, your, your daughter, uh, both uh, beautiful ladies in your family, are here today. I thought maybe after the show you guys are going to go on like a family vacation, and I was about to say I'm going somewhere too because I'm ready to take some time off. But I guess you're going back. I know last week you were supposed to be at the hospital Tuesday and Wednesday. You ended up staying Tuesday through Thursday. Right. You went home on Friday. I did keep the audience updated every day. You and I spoke about twice a day, and your wife, Carol, was kind enough to contact me at least once a day. In fact, at one point, you were going down for tests, and she started asking me about Al Rosenberg. Do you know who he is? Are you oh, related? You know, that's funny, because uh, when she came in last week and we were talking about, you know, I met her at WNBC Radio when uh, I'm, I was working for Imus, or Imus was there anyway, and uh, Howard Stern was in the afternoon. And he, Howard Stern used to pervine my wife, of course, but, oh, along with a lot of other guys. But he played a trick on her, uh, and Al Rosenberg worked for both Imus and Howard Stern. Right. 
and he was the guy who orchestrated the uh, the, trick. the the hoax. Al did that right. That David Lee Roth was right. coming in studio because you know my wife was a big fan, and she burst in like uh, you know like a you know, like a teenage uh, Jonas Brothers groupie. Right. And he embarrassed her. Anyway, it was Al Rosenberg. That's right. Yeah. And uh, she was all excited. Well, oh, I can't believe I couldn't remember his name. No relation. I'm not related to Al. Al was a degenerate, funny guy. And I think he actually ran for office he at one point. He became mayor of a, a city <laughs> in New Jersey. But he wasn't, he, he wasn't a degenerate. Well, not like uh, he was kind of a degenerate, a little in, bit. In what respect? Uh, the way he thought, just his, uh, he didn't do anything. He didn't rape any uh, little little girls or anything like that. He, he was, was the sweetest guy. Did you like Al that much? He was yeah. at my wedding. Uh, he was he was the funniest, one of the funniest guys I ever knew in my life. Really? Yeah, yeah. I, he I was, thought he, he was okay. He uh, was great. And he still is. is he t- uh, I was going to say, you said he was. No, no, no. He, I haven't heard from him in years. But uh, Al Rosenberg. Uh, he lives in New Jersey, I think, right? I uh, believe he does. What was uh, he yeah, mayor? Yeah, yeah, New Jersey. No, I don't. Yeah. I don't recall what town. Somewhere in Jersey, though. Yeah, he was the. Yeah. He, he was a listener, and he called. He used to call in to Imus, and then uh, he became. You know, Imus featured him as a. He did voices. He was Earl C. Watkins. Uh, that's my <laughs> man, or something like that. I think I do remember that. Now that you say that, and then yeah. he worked for Howard too. And then there yeah. was the struggle between Imus and Howard over who Al Rosenberg worked for. Blah blah blah. blah. And then he just left. That was it. And well, at some point towards the end. <laughs> Of uh, WFAN, they cut him loose. They cut him loose. Okay, by by via fax. You okay, know, the way the oh god, the way the Radio Shark executives used to do it. Pat Riley uh, actually left the Knickerbockers by a fax too, and that made people in this town crazy for years. He sent the fax to the powers that be with the Knicks and said, "I'm leaving." And of course, he's been in Miami ever since. So I guess back then, retirement by fax is kind of like today. People retire Instagram, Twitter. Just on social media. They don't tell the bosses. They, they put a post up and, uh, okay, see ya. It's, it's yeah. the oddest thing. But, uh, yeah, the fax thing was uh, definitely. That was a, big back then, it yeah. Was, it was a big middle finger yeah. to somebody who you were already humiliating. Yeah. Might as well do it in person, you yeah. know, have the uh, integrity to do that. But they didn't. Anyway, that's how it ended with him, and uh, I've never spoken to him since. There you have it, the Al Rosenberg story at uh, 6.09 on this Tuesday morning. A lot has happened, obviously. Uh, Yesterday, uh, once again, found myself taking Eric Adams to task. I couldn't believe uh, what a stupid uh, guy this guy is. I'm sorry. The day after some beautiful young Asian lady is pushed onto the subways and murdered by a freak. The day after, you talk about bad timing. Eric Adams tells New Yorkers, it's your perception, the crime on the subway. It's just your perception. It's not a reality. And, um, well, just another strike against him. And I will tell you this, and these are facts. These are facts. I know it's only been three weeks, and it's a bit unfair to judge Eric Adams after three weeks, after eight years of a terrible mayor in Bill de Blasio. But, Mr. Law and Order, crime is up in the three weeks since Eric Adams has taken over as mayor. Well, he's actually, uh, well, yeah, crime is up. And as far as perception goes, I mean, uh People are getting pushed on the uh, by the scores being pushed uh, the off the platform All by the, the scores. There was an Asian woman just two months ago, the exact same subway stop. She was pushed, an Asian woman, by a homeless man, pushed in the exact same place. She didn't die. 
This one did. Perception? Yeah, but it's not just uh, murders or people like that. This is how stupid Eric Adams is. You know, Daniela's not taking the train in a long time. And like your wife, she's gorgeous. You know, she really is. She's in terrific shape. She took the train for the first time about a week and a half ago, and some creep was rubbing up on her, grabbed her ass, the whole thing. Now, that's a crime. That's a crime. No one fell on the track. Bro. Nobody died. And, and, I, and it happens all the time. That is sex assault. And, right. And they, they, they have uh, dumbed that down. They have, uh, you know, defined that down to uh, nothing to like, uh, you know, I mean, to, to like a, a, a traffic ticket. I guess Eric offense. Adams doesn't care unless it's his wife or his daughter. Then he may be yeah. a little differently. Uh, you know what? Let's listen to what Eric Adams said. Did you play this yesterday? He, play it again. He, he just said it yesterday, so maybe you didn't. I don't know. Let's take a listen to what he said. We know that public safety is not only actual, but it's perceived. And when you have an incident like this, the perception is what we're fighting against. This is a safe system because of the job that the transit officers have carried out and what this chief has done in this system. We're going to continue to enhance to deal with the mental health crises that we have in our system. I would just say, what are you, stupid? <laughs> I mean, it was well, a 40-year-old Asian woman, it's a vibrant Asian woman who worked for uh, an accounting company. You tell her it's perception. Well, she's dead, but you can uh, tell her family uh, that. What right? if somebody was beating you over the head with a baseball bat, you know, cracking your skull, and you're like, stop, please, stop. Say, oh, no, it's just perception. Bang, 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 bang. So are you with me now? Are you there yet? Uh I guess, yeah. Yeah. I, I, right I mean, this, again, he's, he's better than the Blacks. I don't want to hear that anymore, folks. It yeah. doesn't matter. I mean, that was just uh, – and he hasn't walked it back. No. He hasn't, hasn't walked no. it back at all. So, uh, you know, between that and uh, just uh, the, the fact that he calls it uh, a homeless problem. I don't care about the homeless. These are mentally disturbed, uh, uh, drug-addled vagrants is what they are. That's what they are. Get them the hell off the street. I have, I have sympathy for people who have are down on their luck. These guys have made choices. They've been doing this for a long – get them off the damn street. Institutionalize them. We've been saying that for a long time here. Long time. It's not like a broken record. Yeah. Institutionalize these people. The safety of citizens like that 40-year-old Asian woman comes first before, you know, you prioritize how you're going to make this, uh, this, this drug-addled vagrant feel. Yep. By uh, shoving him into uh, some, you know, some uh, building on, in, 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 on an island in a river, in the East River. I mean, I don't care how he feels. Uh, Get him listen, the hell off the street. Uh, I've said the same thing for years. I was taken to task when I first came back with you, which, by the way, we're a couple of weeks away from celebrating six years. And uh, I got vilified because I, 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 I hate the homeless. I hate them. And uh, the last couple of years I've decided, okay, let me be more humane about this. And I jumped on with Tony Oso. In the last two years I handed out backpacks with goods to homeless people around Christmas time. And it felt great. I felt great. And these people, whoever they were, were very, very appreciative. That didn't mean they didn't go on and commit a crime later on that night, but I felt great about it. But the truth is, you know how I feel about the homeless. And I live in the city with these uh, low lives. And I do have a beautiful wife and a beautiful young daughter and a son. And I'm, I'm, le- I'm leaving the city anyway, but I'm scared be- to death. I can't believe that happened to your wife. Yeah. This is awful. Isn't that unbelievable? Is that unbelievable? That's, that really is. I mean, uh, the one time she decided to uh, take the train in years, descend into the uh, hellscape of the New York City subway system. Yeah, yeah, you would think, and it was all Midtown, right? I'm sure she she wasn't traveling up in the all Midtown. Well, no, she had it. She yeah, it was she came back from Great Neck. She had taken the Long Island Railroad to Great Neck, hopped on at 34th Street, and was going up towards my apartment on 103rd. Right, on the one train, right, right, right. and it happened there. So, Jesus Eric Adams, uh, keep that in mind. I just got a text from Dove Hyken. The the other story that's got me really angry. 
besides Eric Adams, not moron, and, and he is what he is, and, and I'm not going to go back on how, how I felt about him for months now, is the FBI, who have come under the crosshairs of me and Bernie now for a long time. Dove Hyken just texted me because the, uh, the FBI uh, tried to make the point that this terrorist attack in Dallas a couple of days ago at that synagogue where, thank God, nobody was killed except for the perp. That's always great news, great news. They tried to make the point that it had nothing to do with Judaism. So when you've got a guy who's a terrorist who takes hostages inside a temple, how can you possibly make the point that has nothing to do with Judaism? How can you do that, Bernard? Uh, It absolutely uh, just floored me over the weekend watching this, watching that FBI guy, watching Joe Biden even. Joe Biden, uh, and, and, and of course, uh, other people. But uh, listen to what Biden said. This is this is going to make you you're just going to burn your ass off. This, uh, by, I swear to God. <laughs> burn my ass off? This, 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 hap- this happened uh, just after the, uh, the Islamic terrorist was shot. And he was an Islamic terrorist is what he was. And he's in a synagogue, and they don't have enough information to uh, characterize the, the situation for what it was. Listen to Joe Biden. Well, no, I don't. We, we don't have. I, I don't think there is sufficient information to know about uh, why he targeted that synagogue, why he insisted on the release of someone who's been in prison for over uh, ten years, why he was engaged, why he was uh, using anti-Semitic and anti-Israeli comments. Uh, I, 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 we just don't have enough facts. Because he was a Jew-hating terrorist, you idiot. How stupid are you? How, how dumb are you? He's the guy who called uh, Kyle Rittenhouse a white supremacist on night one. Yep. And we don't have enough information. The lady that they're talking about that, that they wanted released, that she goes by the name of Lady Al-Qaeda. That's right. That's right. And they, know, they knew all this. Joe Biden knew this. There was plenty of information. Plenty. And thank God the rabbi... Uh, was well-trained. A nice story about the rabbi in today's New York Post, and he actually was the one who ended the 10-hour saga. And he talked about his training and how they knew that a day like this was going to happen eventually. So thank God that was the case because I was having dinner at the Mermaid Inn on the Upper West Side Saturday night with Danielle and Gabe, and we were saying to each other, when is our phone going to buzz? When are we going to find out that everybody there is dead? It was just, it didn't seem possible that hours later only the bad guy would be dead and all the Jewish people would survive. It didn't seem possible, but thank God that's the way it no, worked out. No, in this day and age, uh, it, it didn't seem possible at all. It seemed like the opposite would happen. But uh, I am curious, uh, the the uh, terrorist did die. Yeah. How did he die? Anybody know? I think we, he we, killed himself, but oh, we, yeah. we, we don't know. We don't know. Oh. And, by the way, the two uh, people that uh, they're interrogating back in – he came here England. either December 29th or January 2nd, and he's got a long criminal history and, of course, a history of uh, affiliations with terror attacks. Who the hell approved his visa? Well, his brother even said that the in today's New York Post, the actual cover of the paper says, Blind Eye, brother of synagogue terrorists, asks – why was he allowed to fly? His own brother, why was he allowed to fly? And then underneath that, you have a picture of this scumbag on the subway who killed this beautiful lady, and it reads, Sister of Subway Shover, quote, I beg for him to be taken off the street. So uh, two guys that never should have been allowed to be allowed in public and fly into all these things. That continues to be the story here in our country. It really absolutely sickening. Uh, that, and I could, I could tell you one uh, other huge, uh, not event, a series of events last week. The Joe Biden uh, presidency, uh, I saw one uh, a tweet, this meme, 
help, my presidency has fallen, and it can't get up. It can't get up. Now, we talked it, about that with Rich Lowry yesterday. It's over. It's already over. It a year in, it's over. over. But the problem is, is there are still three more years to go. Uh, behind him is Kamala Harris. Behind Kamala Harris is Nancy Pelosi. And while we're very excited about the Republicans taking back the House and the Senate in 2022 and Trump coming back to the White House in 2024, the bigger question is, are we going to last three years? That's a long time. That is a that is an eternity. It really is. Uh, we, we are in trouble is what we are. But uh, the fact that even all the fake news, they spent the whole weekend, the fake newsers, all of them, saying that this guy, he's too old, he's done, he made all the wrong moves, he's yeah. one disaster after another. The fake news has turned on him, so uh, yeah, where we, we go from here, I just don't know. Yeah, we played uh, Aaron Burnett, CNN, and Chuck Todd, my boy Chuck, one at Joe Biden. We played that yesterday, too. We should play it again today. Bernie's here. And uh, you can't hear enough of that stuff. <laughs> 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Bo Deedle coming up in the 7 o'clock hour. He's always great. Dove Hyken will be here in the 8 o'clock hour, 840 talking about the uh, the Dallas situation, the FBI, and what Joe Biden had to say. Uh, Lydia reports, we'll play Beat Bernie, all the sports, another NFL playoff game last night, and the Rams are moving on to take on the one-seed Green Bay Packers. It's going to be a very exciting Tuesday because our guy, Bernard McGurk, is back. Keep it right here, Bernie and Sid, on a Tuesday. Right now on 77 WABC, stay informed with Bernie and Sid in the morning. Then at noon, it's Charlie Kirk. And at 1.15, it's Brad Kelly on 77 WABC. Irish, uh, the Irish Boston theme song right now. And uh, listen, uh, we are, I am back this morning. I was off last week. We talked about it a little bit earlier. Well, you did work Monday. I worked Monday. That's yeah. true. Yeah, thanks for reminding me. It seemed You're like an eternity back. ago, for God's sakes. <laughs> uh, I, I did work Monday, and uh, a lot of stuff happened. Look, uh, I know you're into I, I actually started watching sports again. Um, I'm into it. I actually did something yesterday. It's funny you mentioned that. I haven't done it in a long time. I watched... Carton and Roberts on CBS, Craig and Evan, because they're engaged in a conversation. If the Brooklyn Nets don't even make it to the finals or win a championship, because they've got three certain Hall of Famers, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden, maybe fourth, Blake Griffin, would they be the most talented New York team ever to not play for a championship? And as crazy and banal and trite as that sounds, the answer may be yes. And I was like, okay, I'm going to watch this. I just got sick of inflation and all that other stuff for about 30 minutes. It took my mind off of it, and it actually worked for me. Well, breaking news, Kyrie Irving says in light of Kevin Durant's injury and the fact that he can't play in Brooklyn, uh, obviously Durant can't play anywhere, Kyrie's going to get the vax. No, he didn't say that. He did not. <laughs> in fact, he fake, doubled down and said, I ain't getting it. Fake news. He said, no way. That's his That's his problem, and uh, I'm sticking with my uh, situation, mm-hmm. no vaccine. I actually went on Friday uh, after the show with Danielle and Gabe to CVS, and I got my booster shot and my flu shot the same day. And they were asking me all night, are you okay? 
Saturday morning, are you okay? And what did I do? I ran four miles on Saturday, and two hours later went to the gym and did a 90-minute chest workout. Not only was I okay, I felt great. So I'm not sure all these people are freaked out about getting these shots and the boosters. I know some people get sick. Maybe a few have died. But I got the booster and the flu the same day, and I felt great the next morning. Great. Wow, that's good. Uh, yeah, I felt uh, minimal side effects from the booster, but I did feel something that night. I wouldn't say, uh, you know, I wouldn't say great the next morning, but uh, about, uh, I don't know, 24 hours, I was fine. Either way, uh, I watched the uh, I watched the Cowboys 49ers game yesterday. Oof. The last minute took an hour. Took an hour. Took an hour. Yeah. I well, mean, and then, of course, the stupid move on. Uh, Dallas's part, ran yeah, out the clock. Running out the clock. But the, the point is, I don't know, just like you, uh, back into it. Uh, it's escapism. I watched the New York Knicks last night. I watched, <laughs> I watched Breen and Clyde at the Garden, a replay of the earlier game. And it just was like, uh, you know, it's like eating comfort food. It takes you away. And the, Knicks, it, the Knicks lost again yesterday, and they were starting to play really good basketball, and there was a tough loss at home to the Hornets. There's another Eric Adams moment for you. He's at the Knicks game at Madison Square Garden. Know where you are. You're at the Nick game at Madison Square Garden. We all know the Nets are the much better team. We know that. But this city is still a Nick town. He's at the, he's at the Nick game at Madison Square Garden talking about how he's a Nets fan. <laughs> I know he was the Brooklyn Borough president. Maybe he is a Nets fan, but it's kind of like de Blasio. If you're at a Met game, don't be talking about the Red Sox. Does that make sense? Uh, makes eminent sense. Him, uh, de Blasio, and believe it or not, Bloomberg, both of them Boston Red Sox fans. And, by the way, both of them advising – uh, Eric Adams right now, and Eric Adams welcoming their advice. I mean, okay, Bloomberg, even though he turned into uh, a, a, a woke weasel uh, during the presidential campaign, he did run the city fairly efficiently and safely. His first two terms. His third term, he became an emperor. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, believe me, he, I was not his biggest fan. But uh, compared to de Blasio, I mean, taking advice from I de Blasio, do you throw that on top of everything else? I tell you, the best part of the 49er Cowboy game, though, if you want uh, some real hitting, some hard hitting, was after the game where the fans, literally in Dallas, outside the stadium, and it's all over the New York Post today, they've got pictures and video, the fans beat the living daylights out of each other. Did you see that? I did. <laughs> oh, my God. These San Francisco fans and the Dallas fans, like the days of the Giants and the Dodgers, they're always, it's not even funny because they actually put a guy in a coma a couple of years ago, but they beat the living daylights out well, of each other outside the stadium let, after the game. Let's face it. You know the Cowboys fans, so cocky. They oh, thought yeah. they were going to win. They're going all the way, whatever. There's no way we're going to lose. They were frustrated. There were people. They were showing people in the stands crying at the end. That reminds <laughs> me of uh, my people, the Eagles fans, back when they, uh, back when they were at, uh, uh, what was it called? Uh, it was a veteran, veteran yeah, stadium. A veteran stadium. They had a jail downstairs. Yeah. That's how I used to work with Bernie on Imus. I used to tell Imus how many people went to jail last Sunday after the Eagles game. By the way, I did it once. <laughs> <laughs> did you really? Eagles, Giants. I spent some time downstairs in the big house. With a Philly cheesesteak and a uh, Pabst Blue Ribbon. No doubt. Hey, just last thing on uh, sports. You know, this uh, sports-related, whatever. University of Pennsylvania, the uh, dude that uh, swims on a women's team. And he breaks, uh, you know, all the records, and he steals all their dreams and all that stuff because he beats them because he's a guy. I mean, come on, let's go. Uh, he says he's he, the, the teammate says that he's been telling them that he is the Jackie Robinson. Oh God. Of uh, swimming, he is the Jackie Robinson. Because he broke the barrier for transgenders. By the way, he got beat by a transgender. That guy a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but as far as the girl, the the, the fem biological females go, 
he's still stealing, cheating, and stealing from them. He's he's Jackie Robinson. You're the Jackie Martling. You're a clown. You're a thief. <laughs> you're a bum. Is what you are. You're you're just. I mean. What you're doing is just uh, it, it's so immoral. I can't even. Uh, and Michael Phelps, uh, the big the Olympic, uh, many medal winning Olympic uh, swimmer, Michael Phelps, weighed in on this. Now, this is not a difficult uh, uh, situation. You have people like uh, liberals who are smart that know that this is wrong, wrong, wrong. They've said it unequivocally. Let's hear what Michael Phelps said. I think this leads back to the organizing committees again, because it has to be a level playing field. I think that's something that, that we all need. Like, that's what sports are. Uh, and, and for me, um, I, I don't know where this is going to go. I don't know um, what's going to happen. Um, I, I believe that we all should feel comfortable with who we are in our own skin. Um, but I think sports should all be played at an even playing field. I don't know what that looks like in the future, but it's, it's, it's hard. It's very complicated, and, and this is my sport. This has been my sport my whole entire career. And I honestly, the one thing I would love is everybody to be able to compete on an even playing field. Okay. What he said there was absolutely a 1,000% correct, though he seems like he's pulling his punches he a little bit. He definitely did, yes. And it's complicated. No, it's not. It's not complicated at all. No biological males competing against biological females. But he did say the right thing. We need level playing fields, and guys – Competing against girls is not a level playing field. Uh, so at least uh, we give him some kudos for that, even though he was too diplomatic for me. But then again, most people are, generally speaking. Traffic and sports is coming up next. Right now it is time for the 77 WABC Clip of the Day. Listen to Dick Morris this and every Sunday at noon. Here Mr. Morris talks about, well, oh, God, Hillary Clinton. Hillary wants to be the sole source supplier of opposition to the left of the Democratic Party. She wants to create uh, the view that she is the only one who can stand up to the ultra-left and give the party sanity and give it a chance at victory, uh, which is ironic given that she recently postured herself uh, as, the, uh, as exactly what she's now opposing, the ultimate crazy left. This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. NFL playoffs, Bernard's watching, and so am I. In a big game last night, the Rams, they took apart the Cardinals 34-11. Big night for Ram quarterback Matthew Stafford, over 200 yards and two touchdowns, including this one, the former Giant wideout Odell Beckham Jr. Locked one for Odell Beckham Jr. Got it down. You see Odell Beckham against Marco Wilson really just run the fade route and then go over top of him and pull it down. That's a nice job. You see Matthew Stafford here. You're seeing the end of the play and you're seeing the pinpoint throw, but he did a great job of reading Buda Baker. Odell finally catching touchdowns in the playoffs. That was courtesy of ESPN. Your divisional round playoffs for this weekend. Four games all set. Those Rams who won last night, they'll be in Tampa Bay taking on the reigning world champ Buccaneers and Tom Brady at 3 o'clock on Sunday. The late game Sunday night at 6.30 features the Buffalo Bills in Kansas City for the Chiefs. On Saturday, your two games late Saturday afternoon, the Bengals at the one-seed Tennessee Titans and late Saturday night, the 49ers in Green Bay for Aaron Rodgers and the one-seed Packers. The Raiders have fired their GM, 
Mike Mayock. NBA yesterday, both teams in action on MLK Day. The Knickerbockers lose. They've been playing well lately. They lost yesterday 97-87 to the Hornets at home. The Knicks are back to 500 at 22-22. and The Nets, they took it on the chin. They lose 114-107 to the Cavaliers. The Nets fall to 27-16. and They're third in the East behind the Bulls and the Heat. Here was Nets coach Steve Nash after the loss. At the end, we didn't convert. I think we missed the layup. You know, we had a few easy opportunities to convert. We didn't convert. We let Mobley get behind us for a layup, and those are small margins in the game. But, you know, for me, giving up 65 points in the first half, we had a lot of defensive errors we weren't happy with. You know, that's the game. we got to be more consistent. We have to be more solid, and we have to put together two halves of defense. On the ice last night, it was the Islanders. They get the win. They beat the Flyers 4-1. to one. It's the Isles and Flyers from Philly again later on tonight. Sports brought to you by Pete Morgan and Peerless Spoilers. Check them out today and every day. PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com. They do build America's best boilers. With sports, I'm Sid. Tuesday morning. So, you folks, uh, Bernie's back today. Thank God. Great to have Bernard back in studio. We got Bo Deedle coming up in the 7 o'clock hour, Dove Hikind in the 8 o'clock hour. So, you folks know, of course, uh, I left early yesterday, left at 9, and uh, left this show in the hands of the very capable Curtis Sliwa. And um, I headed to uh, Summit, New Jersey to go to the funeral for dear friends Al, Danielle, and Antonio Prieto. And um, I told this story yesterday, Bernie, that all day Sunday I was literally sick, sick to my stomach. I was tired. I was nauseous. I was sad. I knew that yesterday was going to be a, a brutal day. And it lived up to the to the promise. You know, it's, it's one thing to go to a funeral and uh, you've got one body. But when there's three bodies and one of them is 16 years old, and I've talked about this now a bunch of times the last week and a half since they were tragically killed last Saturday. I, I can't even begin to tell you how heartbreaking it is. So I, I went first to the funeral home in Summit, New Jersey. And it was just a couple of folks there, Aunt Gloria, uh, Joseph, Iavine, my best friend, his sister was killed. Uh, his sister Elizabeth, some of his kids were there, obviously, Tina. And um, spent about 30 minutes there. And it was, uh, like I said, it was very quiet. The Corseros were there. Anthony and Billy, they're listening now. And then we made our way, and Billy and Fran drove me from the uh, uh, funeral home, Bernie, to the chapel. And, uh, boy, what a gorgeous service. I, 
You know, I've been to St. Patrick's Cathedral, as you know, many times. So my sister at one point looked at me and said, how do you know all this stuff? I said, I I see it on TV, you know. (laughs) I was able, you know, peace be with you and with you and kissing everybody and on my knees and the whole thing. It was beautiful, the service. But um, when I got there, I had no idea. They asked me to be a pallbearer because Joseph was so broken up, he just couldn't do it. And uh, now I go from just being really sad as a loving family friend member spectator to carrying the casket, which was just, <laughs> that was too much for me to handle. Stop. I can't, it's, just, it's terrible. And then, and then the three caskets we bring into the church, and uh, there were hundreds, Bernie, hundreds of people there for this, hundreds. Uh, these were three very beloved people. And everybody spoke, Danielle's sister and uh, her nephews and then Al's family. And then at the very end, Roberto is the surviving child. Roberto is 18. He's going to college. His uh, brother, Antonio, 16, was killed and his parents. And um, Al had a, a child with another lady before he married Danielle. Very impressive guy. Lives on the West Coast. Older guy now. Very successful business guy. So the older brother, Alec, and Roberto, part of Danielle's marriage, did a skit where they went back and forth. One played the parents, and one played Roberto. And at the end of the skit, uh, where Roberto spoke for his mom and dad and his brother, uh, Alec goes, uh, he's playing the part of Danielle at the very end, the mom. And he says, uh, listen, Roberto, today's a big day for you. Get up, get dressed, I'll make you breakfast, I love you, blah, blah, blah. And at the very end of it, Roberto says, goodbye, Mom. So needless to say, the skit back and forth, there was some comedic value to it because there were some jokes and all that. But once you, you see and hear an 18-year-old kid say goodbye, Mom, and it really is goodbye, it, uh, the whole place just uh, completely broke into tears, and, and it was very, very difficult. And then after that, they had the actual mass, which was lovely, and the priest did a very, very nice job. And if that's not enough of a heartbreaking day, then we had to put the caskets back in the hearses and make our way to Woodbridge to Beth Israel Cemetery and watch them put these caskets into the wall at the mausoleum. So you had the funeral home, you had the mass, and you had the cemetery. I don't think I got home till about 5.30 last night. Uh, and I left here, of course, at 9 o'clock in the morning. But, um, you know, there's a lot of cliches. Burning, you're going through a lot right now, and but I, I'm, I'm really, really sure you're going to be okay. I really am. Um, but when you you see three caskets, basically a whole family wiped out in the prime of their lives, gorgeous, smart. Be- Antonio was on his way to the Olympics. He was that good a gymnast, and in fact, his casket had the Olympic flags all over it. And at one point, the uh, the priest said in church, he said um, Antonio was going to go to the Olympics and would have received a lot of applause. So now he's, he may not get the, the gold, uh, you know, the gold medal, but he's certainly wearing a gold crown today on his way to see Jesus. Let's give him the amount of applause he would get if he won the gold wow. medal. And everybody stood up with a rousing round of applause in his, uh, in his honor. And um, you hear these cliches all the time, you know, you, you get caught up in nonsense and angry about stuff that... Um, Really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you went through what I went through yesterday, and if you're going through Bernie, what you've gone through, the courageous warrior that you are, the last couple of weeks. If you can't come to the real, the real, uh, 
reality that uh, life is precious and life is short, and in a second, it could be all over. I don't know what else. I don't know what's going to wake you up. I don't know what else is going to wake you up. I really don't. No, it it is all about perspective, and uh, events have a way of of uh, forcing uh, the reality, the the real perspective on you, because you lose track. You get you get caught up in this, that, the other. You do. As you say, you 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 you, uh, you you start taking advantage of certain things. You take them for granted, I should say, and uh, until the, some fateful day arrives and uh, slaps you back into reality, you can't take anything for granted. No, Nothing. you can't. No, you can't. And uh, and the emotional toll, I can't even imagine. Physically, yes, a long day for you, but the emotional toll. Yeah. Well, you, you and everybody there. Everybody I mean, there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, really, Joseph, uh, who uh, most of his life was this, you know, he was John Travolta. And he's aged, I don't know how many years. Uh, he had COVID. He wasn't feeling well. And then he went from that to this. And he was very, very close with Danielle. And he uh, couldn't breathe yesterday. He felt That's why he actually jumped in to be a pole bearer because he just couldn't do it. But he was, uh, you know, it was rough. It was, you know, and Gloria, uh, God bless her, was able to maintain herself throughout the whole day, and so did Elizabeth, uh, one of the other sisters. But it was, it was just terrible. It was just terrible. I, uh, you know, it, it took a long time because, again, there were three bodies, not one. Just absolutely unthinkable. I mean, really, just the whole situation. Unbelievable. Uh, just unfreaking thing. A beautiful young family yeah. like that. Yeah. It's wiped out. Wiped out. The truck makes one bad move, and I don't know if I was doing 70, 75, but he was on a highway in Florida in a brand-new Volvo. And uh, the truck makes one move, and like you said, uh, a family of four, three of them are gone today. So I know a lot of the folks that were there yesterday. I can't tell you how many people walked up to me, and, and, and it made me feel a little uncomfortable, to be honest, uh, and thanked us, you and I, Bernie. Uh, we listen to you every morning. We listen to you every morning. We love you. Thank you. And a lot of those folks are listening right now, a lot of them. And I uh, just want to pass on our condolences again uh, from me and Danielle and my family and me and Bernard and this uh, radio family that you listen to every day and just tell you that um, we love you and uh, the Prieto family, the Iovine family, we're thinking about you, uh, really are. And uh, this ain't going to go away for a long time, not for a long, long time. But um, at the very least, what it did for me was, and not to get too emotional and too Channel 7 family drama on you, I can tell you when I walked inside my house last night, I gave Danielle, Ava, and Gabe a hug like I haven't given them in years. Because at one point, the gym team, the gymnast, he was a great gymnast, his whole gymnast team walked up to the front of the church. And every one of those kids reminded me of my son. Right. They were somewhere between 12 and 16 KB's 13, they even looked like him. And I couldn't imagine sitting there as a parent or a grandparent burying Antonio like I did yesterday. So uh, you can't help it, but you you know, you know, make yourself part of, of the... Course, of course. Right, of course. It's the way it is. So I walked in my house last night, Bernie, I couldn't hug him tighter. I couldn't hug him tighter. Just like I hugged you this morning. And uh, at the very least, that's uh, that's what you take from a tragedy like this, right? At the very least, yes. Uh, you, you know, you have your own family and Onward and forward, if there's any sort of silver lining, any, and uh, I hate to even, you know, portray it in terms of that. It is that you, it makes you closer with your own family and more appreciative and gives you a much better, as we mentioned before, perspective yeah, on things. It does. And that's the real perception. Not the crime on the subway, Eric Adams. 
that's reality. But in this case, uh, to Bernie's point, a brilliant point as usual, perception does matter. So one more time, the Prietos and the Iovines, we love you. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Bo Deedle will be here at 740. Dove Hikend at 840. Lydia Reports comes your way at 825. Beat Bernie comes your way at 940. It's a great show today. Keep it right here. Bernie and Sid on a Tuesday. Stay entertained and informed now with Bernie and Sid in the morning. Then tonight, it's the great one. Mark Levin at 6. This is the great scandal. On 77 WABC. Restaurant week. Uh, this week, I guess it starts and it goes through February in New York. I think about 450 restaurants are going to take part in this. And, um... That's nice. I don't know what you get. I don't know what they do. I, You know, I, I think uh, we're like most other families in that we tend to go to pretty much the same places a lot. We try to switch it up on Saturday nights. We do try to go someplace. And that we, it's really my wife. She makes all the reservations. But she tries to do something different on Saturday nights. The uh, rest of the week, we try to keep it as close to home as possible because everybody's tired. Everybody's always tired, you know. The weather's cold. We're working long hours. Nobody feels that great. Everybody's got something going on. Everybody's tired, right, Bern? It's January, and uh, I've characterized January as a month of Mondays. <laughs> I mean, every freaking day is a depressing uh, Monday it's in true. January. It doesn't, you know, except maybe with the exception of Friday. But, right. Yeah, everybody's tired. They're, they're depressed. It's just brutal. Let's let's get on with this. Let's move on to uh, uh, you know month number two, Black History Month. Let's go there. You say Black History Month. I'm glad you brought that up. So yesterday was Martin Luther King Jr. You know, and uh, by the way, the ratings suck every year on that day at this station. The last two next year, I'm taking off. The last two years in a row, the, the, nobody listens. Everybody's off, and nobody listens. I uh, noticed that the last two years. But um, what I did notice also was this this compulsion for people to put something on their Instagram account, a picture of MLK, part of the speech, the virtue signaling that goes on. I don't do that. I didn't, I didn't put a picture up of, uh, of anybody from the funeral yesterday. I just don't do that type of stuff. But just these everyday people that I know them personally, that they couldn't give a rat's ass about MLK or about the day or any of that, but they're compelled to put a picture up on Instagram, MLK, I had a dream. It's so phony. Those two words you always use, virtue signaling. Stop! Just stop! It's true. It's true. You're not fooling anybody. It's patronizing. Uh, it's, it's it's you know transparent what you're trying to do. You know you're pandering. Well. Yeah. But uh, you the know reality TV stars Martin Luther. King. Are you serious? I will Cut say. It out. I'll say this. It, it's it beats putting up uh, a BLM. Well, yes. Poster. But they do that too. I know that's wrong. But uh, at least Martin Luther King was on the pretty much. He was on the right side of things. Yeah, he was. I mean, he, he, you know, equity versus uh, equality. That's a huge difference. Well, it's funny. I had the Reverend A.R. Bernard on yesterday, and it got very contentious. You would have loved it. I mean, I got contentious. I went back and forth with him, and he kept using the term equity instead of equality. We had a couple of guys call in and say, Sid, you did notice. Now, I didn't take him to task for that, although he did say it three or four times. But even A.R. Bernard yesterday used that term equity over equality, which is wrong when you describe Martin Luther Excuse King me, Jr. It's communism. It's, it's flat-out communism is what it is. Equity is, is the equality of results. Uh, equality of opportunity is what we strive for. Right. It's not that everybody gets the same thing in the end. You have the opportunity 
to work for the same thing in the very end, yeah. but not the result. It's not, it's not the quality of result. That's what equity is. That's communism. That's socialism. Remember that, ladies and gentlemen. Martin Luther King was not for that. All right, 7 o'clock hour coming up next. We'll get our morning message at 725 from Bill O'Reilly. Then the very entertaining, thought-provoking, and great Bo Deedle coming up at 740. Bernie's back Tuesday morning with Bernie and Sid, hour number two. Coming right at you. We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Hot Radio 77. Where you going, bro? Some testosterone. Oh. <laughs> sound like Rita Cosby, right? Nah, you sound great, bro. You sound great. No, no, great. no. I'm talking about, I'm talking about canned heat. Oh, canned <laughs> and, and, and it would apply to me as well. As nah, I, you sound great. The point I made uh, last week. So go, bro. Go to the country. I'm staying here in the city for a while. This is like a Friday in July type of song, right? It is roll your windows down, hit the New York State Thruway, and then get me to the quick way. And, yes, make my way to exit 104 in Monticello, smoke a lot of weed, and listen to the whole album of Woodstock. And wake me up when it's Monday morning. Time to go back to work. That's right. So a lot of news, Sydney. We covered a lot of it, of course, this morning. And we'll continue to do so. Uh, believe it or not, the Olympics, the Chinese Olympics, start in about three weeks. Yes, how that discussion with Danielle last night. She was asking me why we're going. And I said, well, do you really want to punish the kids you know, we just buried Antonio today, and he had dreams of going to the Olympics. That's that's all he cared about outside of his family. So you want to punish these kids who worked their whole lives to get to this point because Joe Biden's a moron or because the Chinese want to kill us? And she said, yes. She said, I don't want to punish the kids necessarily, but what kind of message is that we're going to actually uh, spend money and China's going to make money? So we disagreed there. I believe that as much as I know China is out to destroy us and the world, that we should compete. But lots of folks don't. What do you think? Uh, well, I, uh, it's not only uh, you know the genocide against the Uyghurs and all that stuff, which uh, I have a clip that's going to blow your mind coming up here in a second. But it's also the origins of the virus. I mean, this was a war crime yes. on a parallel uh, you know, towards any, any 20th century war crime. What they did, they killed millions and millions of people. I don't care whether or not they did it intentionally, if it started in the lab intentionally or not, which I tend to believe it did. But once they knew it was there, they sent it out to the world. They blocked off the interior of China, and they sent those flights out to the world, and that's how this all got started. Uh, there's no doubt. Three virus, years later. You're right. The virus, the Uyghurs, but, you know, the, the, there's, enough, there's plenty of reasons not to compete. I, I just don't want to – I don't want to punish the kids. That's all. Uh, I, and I appreciate that as well. So it, it's a tough call. Even President Trump said he didn't want to, uh, uh, you know, he didn't want to punish the kids. Uh, by the way, he gave a great speech Saturday night. He did. It was a great speech, uh, only on Newsmax and his speech. Uh, Look right. at his speech on Saturday compared to Joe Biden last week on Wednesday. And you tell me who's more prepared to run this country. And we'll get to that in a second. But first, uh, back to the Wiggers in China, this part owner of the Golden State Warriors. Uh, he's got a name that I cannot pronounce, a very, very <laughs> Indian I? name. Yeah. Listen to what he said. I mean, he was doing a podcast, and the uh, host brought up, uh, you know, how can you deal with China with the Uyghurs and all that stuff? And listen to what he said. 
Uyghurs. Yeah, nobody cares about what's happening to the Uyghurs, okay? You you bring it up because you really what? care, and I think what that's nice that cares? you care. The rest of us don't care. I'm just well, telling you a very care? hard... Wait, wait, I'm you're telling saying you personally don't care? I'm telling you a very hard, ugly truth, okay? Of all the things that I care about, yes, it is below my line. That is absolutely hilarious. That He's he being honest, though. Let's, let's be honest. Uh, I mean, how many folks in America wake up and actually start thinking about the Wiggers? No, you, no you're, you're right. He's right, and it's sad, but it's true. Uh, people just don't. They really don't. But here's the thing. It isn't the Wiggers. It is the hypocrisy. That's what it's all about. It's the hypocrisy. You can't complain about... You know, stuff in uh, your country when you're doing business with uh, a country that actually uh, kills people, that that throws them to concentration camps, kills them, forces them not to have uh, kids, stuff like that. So really, it's about the hypocrisy. But his his brutal honesty was... I, it just made me laugh. I, I wonder what it was like to when he got back to the Golden State Warrior Complex because for folks that don't follow the NBA closely, there are two or three coaches that are more woke than maybe any lefty politician. One was Stan Van Gundy. I'm not sure he's still working. One is uh, uh, the coach out in uh, San, San Antonio. And uh, the other is Steve Kerr with the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. He is as woke as it gets. So when he hears one of his co-owners say, who cares about the Wiggers? That must have made for a nice afternoon lunch back at the Golden State Complex. The Warriors put out a statement saying that we don't uh, agree with everything you know our part owner says. That's all he said, though. They didn't go any further than that. Nothing about the Wiggers, nothing about we condemn the Chinese and what they do to the Wiggers, none of that stuff. So they're still being a bunch of uh, cowards and weasels as well. Uh, listen, Joe Biden last week uh, effectively ended, uh, well, not, not necessarily uh, 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 literally his president, but figuratively his presidency. I mentioned it earlier. I saw it on Twitter, uh, this meme, help my presidency has fallen and it can't get up. I actually asked Rich Lowry yesterday, uh, practically, give me two or three things Joe Biden can do to reverse that statement. Practically. Not, not what he can say, who cares what he says. What could he do? And, uh, Justin, do you remember what Rich Lowry said exactly Biden can do to maybe reverse that statement, which seems to be the truth? Which statement? The uh, can't get up? Statement? Can't get up. Yeah. That, yeah. But he said, listen, I said, give me some things you can practically do that could maybe help him get up and reverse some of that. And he gave us two or three things. You remember what? Oh, one was fire Anthony Fauci. Hey, by the way, yeah, that's a great uh, another point. Where the hell are all of his cabinet appointed people on the Sunday shows? Where's Sneaky Pete on the supply chain crisis? Where's the the, the uh, Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm on the heating prices? And everybody's homes are up fifty to sixty percent. Yep. yep. They're nowhere to be found. None yep. of these people. Al- Alejandro Mayorkas. Where the hell was he yesterday over the weekend on this uh, t- terrorist attack down in uh, Texas? Nowhere. Where are any of these people? That were appointed by Joe, but they know it. Everybody is in hiding. They're running for the hills. Yeah, I think the three things he said was fire Anthony Fauci, act like you care about inflation, spend a lot of time talking about inflation. But you can't, if you're going to push uh, Bill back broke, you can't. The, 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 the two are incompatible. But that bill's dead. Now we're talking about the voting rights bill. Right now, that's, yeah, that's right, the exactly. new, yeah, which we're is a bunch about, of nonsense. Which, 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 which was the speech that effectively ended uh, figuratively. <laughs> His his presidency, because what he said during that speech was he said that if you don't disagree, if you disagree with me on this uh, uh, ending the filibuster so we can get this voting rights, which is essentially an easier to cheat voting bill, uh, you're a bigot. That's what he said. And he's ta- he was talking to them. Dem- he was talking to Kristen Cinema. This woman's a bisexual, uh, you know, liberal. 
And he was talking to the, people like that. And Joe Manchin, I'm sure. And right. Joe Manchin, of course. And, and the people who are hiding behind Kirsten Sinema's skirt. And what? Joe Manchin's. Like, literally? Well, there were a lot of Democrats. That, she tried to go to the bathroom that day. <laughs> right. There are a lot of Democrats that do not agree with ending the filibuster, including, by the way, Joe Biden. Listen to Joe Biden back in 05 and 07 uh, when the Republicans had power uh, on, the fil- on ending the filibuster. He was a Democrat. And, uh, you, you know, the uh, the uh, the Republicans, of course, were using the filibuster back then. But he wasn't he said, no, no, we can't end it because it's an important tool. You know, it's an important constitutional tool. Listen to this. And we should make no mistake. This nuclear option is ultimately an example of the arrogance of power. We have to make that call on the fly. Ending the filibuster is a very dangerous thing to do because it's been used by progressives the whole our whole time to make sure that we did not get rolled over. So there you go. Uh, he was, believe me, he was very vociferous in certain speeches. That was a small example of it right there. But the way he compared, uh, you know, people who opposed ending the filibuster, he, he compared them to uh, he compared them to Bull Connor. Jefferson Davis, George Wallace, et cetera, et cetera. It was really, really so divisive. The race baiting was off the charts. A lot of people said, like Mitch McConnell said, that's not to Joe Biden that I remember back on. Hey, Joe Biden said uh, when Mitt Romney was running for president, you elect Mitt Romney, they're going to put you all back in chains. So he has a history of this type of race baiting. By the way, Mitt Romney still supported Joe Biden after all of that. And finally, last week, Last week, Mitt Romney said, and I quote, he has disappointed me. Well, it is what he said on Sunday. Maybe you're paraphrasing from what he said on Sunday. Play that clip, Justin, please. He's got to recognize that when he was elected, people were not looking for him to transform America. Uh, they were looking to get back to normal, to stop the crazy. And, and it seems like we're, we're, we're continuing to see the kinds of policy and promotions that are, are not accepted by the American people. Look, James Carville just said that, you know, he's had a bad week, but not a bad year. No, no. As a matter of fact, he's had a bad year. He's had 52 weeks of, of bad weeks. 52 yeah. weeks of bad yeah. weeks. Mitt yeah. Romney uh, on the money right there. See, I got to give him some. See, see, you thought that Mitt Romney, who was a jerk off. There's no question he is. But you thought he was just being difficult on Donald Trump because he hated Trump. And that still may be the case. But at least now he's come back and bashed the other guy, too. Because there's a lot of people out there that still refuse, refuse to bash Biden because they hate Trump. At least Romney showed us he can bash both guys. Well, as I just mentioned, he, he essentially accused Mitt Romney of being a racist back in 2012. Right. Right. You, you elect Mitt Romney? They're going to put you all back in chains. But he still he still supported him. I mean, look, uh, uh, Biden, uh, Kamala Harris, flat out said he was a racist, and so kisses him on stage in front of millions of Americans. We know why she's full of it, but she still does that. So it's nice to hear Romney. Yeah. Oh at least. yeah, yeah. No, listen, the sentiment is universal, left, right. I could play clips. I don't have time right now from uh, MSNBC, CNN, uh, Don Lemon, uh, Donnie Douche over the weekend, all of them saying it's over for Joe Biden. Even Dick Durbin, the uh, liberal liberal guy from uh, Illinois senator, Al Sharpton said he went too far during that uh, speech in Georgia last week about the filibuster and Bull Connor and Jefferson Davis. And by the way, when he went down to Georgia last week, uh, you probably know this, he gave this uh, filibuster voting rights speech, which, again, is an easier-to-cheat voting rights bill. It would federalize and normalize the 2020 elections, make that normal forever. And these guys will cheat in perpetuity. But uh, the one person who made uh, voting 
voting voter fraud her big issue. She didn't even show up at his. He gave this speech in Georgia. She she snubbed him. She didn't show up. Stacey Abrams. She never showed. She blew yep. him off. Yep. She blew uh, uh, Sleepy Joe off during that speech because he is now toxic. Everybody knows that. Uh, so anyway, yeah, you had uh, Dick Durbin and those guys. But also back to uh, the FBI thing. This is a real disgusting. Uh, we'll talk about uh, this with uh, Dove Hyken next hour. But the fact that the FBI actually couldn't call a situation for what it was, what it was obvious to everybody, everybody screaming at their TV. This is a, a, a an anti-Semitic terrorist operation that we're witnessing right now. Although and, somebody sent me a private message on Instagram this morning, and they were like, hey, Sid, stop it already with the Jewish stuff, okay? Clearly that guy was after the Norwegians inside the uh, temple that day. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, but, yeah, clearly the FBI once again, once again, now, uh, fumbling the football. Now, it was all about the Jews. This is at the direction of Joe Biden's Justice Department. This is the uh, uh, Merrick Garland and the uh, wokesters in the Justice Department. They're all over the administration, all these people. And they're like, no, 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 take it easy on the uh, – tell this FBI spokesperson, take it easy on the on the uh, Muslims. Anyway, listen to the FBI guy during, in the middle of the crisis. Listen to him. We do believe from our engagement with this subject that he was singularly focused on one issue uh, and it was not specifically related to the Jewish community, uh, but we're continuing to work to find motive and, and we will continue on that path. What? Well, well, listen, he was, the whole operation was about getting that lady released. So he's right in that respect, but he, he could have picked a, uh, uh, any store, any place to do it. He clearly picked that place to do it because if, in fact, he had to kill somebody, he wanted to kill Jews. Of course. But, he, but where the guy was right was he was there to get that person released. But it wasn't as singular as that, you dummy. And uh, speaking of dummies, Joe Biden parroted the same line that came from his Justice Department. Listen to him. I did not walk. Well, no, I don't. We, we don't have I, – I don't think there is – Sufficient information to know about uh, why he targeted that synagogue, why he insisted on the release of someone who's been in prison for over uh, 10 years, why he was engaged, why he was uh, using anti-Semitic and anti-Israeli comments. Uh, I, 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 we just don't have enough facts. Are you stupid, bro? He did at least mention anti-Semitic. He went further than the FBI. He, yeah, but he didn't. He, we don't know why he did it. Yeah, it's because it. he is a Muslim terrorist. Right. Wait, that's Joe simple. Biden is a dummy. No? Yeah. Joe Biden, the lady that we're talking about, she's doing like 85 years for terrorist activity. Her nickname is Lady Al-Qaeda. That's which, all you need to know. That's all you need to know, which I'm sure <laughs> Elon Omar is saying. Wait, I thought that was my nickname. But uh, I swear to God. And these idiots are, uh, you know, they're like, well, we don't know. We don't know what he's doing. I mean, we don't. in fact, in some of the local newscasts that I watched, they never even mentioned the fact that he was uh, a Muslim from Britain. Uh, they never even never mentioned it. What did they say he was? They just said there was a man holding uh, some people hostage in a synagogue. And that, and he wanted a, a, some con, some convict released. Didn't mention that she was Lady Al-Qaeda because mm. they were parroting the same line. Fake local news. It tr- trickles down from... From the top, from the administration to the mainstream media, fake news, to the local news here, Channel 5, Channel 7, Channel 12 uh, on Long Island, et cetera, et cetera. To the morons that uh, go vote. <laughs> it makes me sick to my stomach. As it should. Uh, the morning message from Bill O'Reilly is coming up next, and then we'll talk to Bo Deedle. 
And uh, Bo's so good on Tuesdays, man. He's probably pissed off at like three or four different things today. He's got a lot to be pissed off about. But the question is, when will Bo Deedle, when will Bo Deedle finally admit that Eric Adams is a phony? Uh, I don't know. I, I talked to him yesterday, and he told me, he told me. I don't care what he told you. I don't care anymore. Stop. I don't care whether you had dinner at Rayo's last night, whether you went to some burlesque show. I don't care. When is Bo Deedle going to finally admit that Eric Adams sold him a bag of goods that he sold the rest of the city, which at the end of the day is one big heavy bag of duty? It sounds like you're laying down a gauntlet. I am laying down the gauntlet. Bo. I love Bo. I love Bo as much as anybody. That's a great man. You know how much I love him. But it's an uproar with the Eric Adams nonsense. Stop. I talked to Eric yesterday, and I think he's going to shut up. He's not going to do anything. He's a moron. Right. Well, you said that about the Blasio. What about this idiot? It's a perception. The lady's not. Rigor mortis hasn't even set in yet for this Asian lady, this beautiful lady. That's a perception. Well, I think Bo would agree that that was one of the dumbest comments. Well, how many? No, but we've got like three or four different things now. At what point do you say, okay? Okay. All right. Well, I look forward to the interview. What do you think he's going to say? Nice setup. You think so? I think it was very good. All right. Now we have, uh, we have Sid versus Bo. <laughs> I'm not going to win that. That I know. But we are going to have that coming up after Bill O'Reilly. Bernie and Sid, keep it right here. Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up from the NRIA.net studios in New York. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Tuesday, the giant moving company, United Van Lines, reports that customers are fleeing five states most of all. Can you guess which ones? Hint, all are run by progressives. And here they are, Connecticut. Now, Connecticut is dependent on New York City for its economic well-being. The rest of the state is fairly rural. Hartford is the capital, and Hartford is a disaster. The taxation in Connecticut is very high for workers. And the benefits for those workers because they get double hammered going into New York City, are few. Illinois, a disaster almost everywhere. You know about violence in Chicago. You know about J.B. Pritzker, the worst governor in the country. You know about high taxation and strangulation by regulation. That rhymes. So people are bailing out of Illinois. New York, a catastrophe in New York City. Crime is insane there. Taxes, the highest in the union. People in New York are going to Florida, big time. California, same thing. San Francisco is unlivable. Crime surging. Taxation out of control. And the state that most people are fleeing, New Jersey. Again, dependent on New York with all the social problems. Now this. That is the morning O'Reilly update. More analysis later on. Right now on 77 WABC, stay informed with Bernie and Sid in the morning. At 5, it's Cats at Night with John Katsimatidis on 77 WABC. Take my photo off the wall if it just won't sing. For you Cause all that's left is gone away And there's 
Coming up in a couple of minutes after sports and traffic and uh, whatever else is coming up. The clip of the day. day. All right, calm down. I did tell you that last Friday I got my booster shot and my flu shot the same day, and I had zero issues. I was able to run four miles, work out the next day to two different classes, my high-impact treadmill class at Mile High with my trainer, Ned Trim, and then I went to the gym and lifted weights afterwards. I felt great. But uh, one of Bernie's favorite guys... I like this guy. Bunny likes him more than I do. He said some things in the past that were flat-out racist. I still like him. Bernie loves him. Stephen A. Smith. Turns out that uh, the $10 million man, Stephen A. Smith, he got the COVID, and he, like, almost died. I don't know. He, here was uh, Stephen A. yesterday talking about how serious it got for him. I had 103-degree fever every night. Woke up with chills and pool of sweat. Headaches were massive. Coughing profusely. And it got to a point that right before New Year's Eve, I was in the hospital New Year's Eve into New Year's Day. That's how I brought in the new year. And they told me, had I not been vaccinated, I wouldn't be here. That's how bad I was. There you go. If he was not vaccinated, Stephen A. Smith, he would have died. The endorsement for the vaccinated. Wow. Well, yeah, pretty much that, that's been the uh, conventional wisdom. Yeah that the, vac- the vaccines mitigate the, uh, the, the the effects of the virus, and that's why you should get them, even though they don't prevent you from catching it. That's right. Which is what they told you six months ago. They did tell you that initially, and I did get the Delta after I got the vaccinations, and I felt really crappy on a Thursday during the summer in August. It was 102 degrees. You remember that day? I had that uh, celebrity softball game in Brooklyn. Oh, yes. And I was standing in center field freezing. I had the chills, and I said, wait a second. It's 102 degrees. That was a legitimate temperature. I probably shouldn't be cold right now. What's going on? <laughs> and yeah. for about two days, I felt like crap, but I, I was okay because I did get vaccinated before. So, Well, uh, yeah, I'm glad for you. Glad for Stephen A. I like yeah. Stephen A. Uh, yeah. I don't know about the racist stuff he said in the past. but uh, We played a bunch of it here on this show, and you're like, oh, all right. I still like him. <laughs> At least he wasn't stuck in traffic. <laughs> And he fired Max Kellerman, of course, you know that. He got rid of Kellerman, who was just the biggest uh, coward weasel, uh, you know, panderer you could ever imagine. And, yeah. You know he has his own show, though. When I go work out in the afternoons, uh, oh, he, Kellerman's got his own show. He ain't hurting. Horrible. No, he ain't hurting. He ain't hurting. No, no not, not at all. all. Sadly, sadly. Here on the Bernie and Sid Show, ladies and gentlemen, heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app. Simulcast out on Eastern Long Island, News Talk 107.1 FM. If you want to watch us on your smart TVs, on your computers, it is WABCRadio.tv. And uh, speaking of love, is uh, I can say that, and uh, it's no uh, 
no blow blow. You're not allowed to say it anymore, right? No. Uh, there used to be a phrase called no homo. You can't say that anymore. Yeah, you can. Okay. Well, anyway, there's a man that, <laughs> a man that I happen to love dearly, and his name is Bo Deedle. And he's a hero cop, a great actor. He's been a loyal friend for many, many years, and he's done. Uh, he, he saved me on several different occasions, and I love this man uh, as much as I, I can love anybody. And here he is in studio, the great former NYPD cop, Bo Deedle. Good morning, Bo. Good morning, and I'm here in studio to say hello to you and tell you you're going to be better. And my that's man. it. My, my prayers man. and everybody's prayers. It, that's it. And I want you to be the tough guy that I know. If you got, if I got to fight this other guy over here, because I heard him talking down <laughs> to me, I'll fight him for you. Okay. I may be a little older than him. He may be pumping all that iron, but you know what it's. Balls of tation. You gotta have the balls of tation. Uh, that's right. Otherwise, all those muscles don't mean nothing. And I think you proved it when you knocked them on his butt at the pier. Will remember? you stop? That was 19 years ago. <laughs> I still put my money on. I'm no, sorry. no, he's a, he's a, he's a, a tough fighter. guy. He's a tough guy. And yeah. uh, I would even now, as sick as he is, he'd probably kick my ass. <laughs> he certainly would. But uh, I was uh, getting on you because you are uh, your friends with Eric Adams. You have time and time again on this show said, "Listen, I spoke to Eric. He understands." He understands and i've got four different occasions four in the last week and a half where he doesn't understand anything anything so tell me why i should continue to believe this guy's good and i don't want to hear he's better than de blasio so what he's going <laughs> to save the city okay listen to me i am not going to eat uh, what do you call that eat when you have crow. To eat some crow. Eat crow i'm not going to eat crow i'm not going to eat no birds not i'm not going to do nothing you will like eventually <laughs> all i can say is this you are starting to sound like things are not happening properly. But remember, how long has he been in office? Two weeks? Three weeks. Crime is up, by the way. Three a lot. weeks. <laughs> he's been in office three weeks. Hopefully, hopefully, because, you know, I've been running a business for 38 years. It's all about using resources. And the reality is what's out in the subways, and I got I to gotta tell you right now, there's a way of combating this, and they have to use all efforts to combat it. One, we have the mental illness. That idiot that threw that poor lady in front of the train, this guy is a psychopath. We're worrying about, there was incidents that happened. People hired me. A homeless guy had 15 foot of garbage by 15 wide, all garbage, urine and pails and everything, and the police could not remove him. The police could not do anything because they have rights. And the garbage that he had out front, garbage, urine in bags, you couldn't bring sanitation to remove it. These are the stupid laws with this stupid city council. And in reality, we have to now come before this city council, and this mayor has to get strong with the mentally ill, because a lot of this crime... It really are mentally ill people. There's two aspects of crime. You got the little punks, these little gang members, about three, four thousand. We round them up. You'll see the shootings go away. Then we got to deal with the mental illness like we were supposed to when you had Charlena, whatever hell her name was. She spent a billion something dollars mm -hmm. and did nothing. But we got to get bills passed in the city council. When someone is mentally ill, hey, you want to know something? You've got to go over their rights and protect them. And they're mentally ill. You've got to protect them. You've got to be able to pick them up. Right now, the cops cannot deal with mentally ill. One, take the garbage away. Two is they can't do anything until they commit a crime. And if you're going to incarcerate someone who commits a crime and they're mentally ill, you're doing nothing. Until we deal with this, this is a, the biggest problem of all your crime on, on the subways are mentally ill. I'll say it right now. 85%. I have a friend.
friend's daughter is going to be an intern, and I believe she's going to be an intern over here. And I told her, please do not let her take a subway. Take an Uber. And I'm saying right now, and if Eric's listening to me, we've got a real problem. And it's not, what's that word he used? Precipitation? Perception. That thing, too. All I can say is not perception, because the reality is these, these mentally ill people are on all the subways, and they're converting that into crime. And for some reason, we haven't dealt with the real problem of mental illness. And if we have to forcefully take them off the street, that's what has to be done to protect them. Well, listen, We're the hell of the right to the people. What you just them. said is a thousand percent true. It's accurate. It's brilliant. It's all true. All I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, if Bill de Blasio, the day after some Asian lady was pushed on the train and murdered, said what Eric Adams said, you would have come in this morning and been like, did you hear that moron? But for some reason, because Eric Adams is the new boy and the new guy in town, you're, you're kind of giving him the benefit and saying, well, the bigger problem is this. I understand what the bigger problem is, but he needs to be pissed off. Not not, not say that us New Yorkers, we're not getting it. Good. I, I run a business. I hate politics. I ran for the stupid mayor when they reelected the idiot uh, de Blasio. My point is this. There are solutions, but the only way that you can use solutions is you have to be Proactive, proactive with the mentally ill. That will end 80% of your crime on the subway. Then we go after the gang members, and that's going to be another big percentage. Get the gun-carrying punks off the street, and let's stop the bullcrap. Look, I have a very successful business. I've been in business 38 years. I really don't want to go back into 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 city politics. But I'm telling you, there's a little voice. If Eric wants to listen to me, I don't care about all these other people. I think there's an answer to this, and the answer has to come through this city council to realize what mental illness is, to realize what these gangbangers are all about carrying guns. Let's get to the root of the problem. And let's cure it. That's very simple. And let's not stop, uh, you know, with this uh, sort of this compassionate type of uh, sentiment when we're talking about violent, mentally ill. Yes. We have to prioritize the rights of hardworking, innocent victims like this 40-year-old Asian woman (laughs) over the rights of these these old. We have to treat the mentally ill. No, this guy was beyond the point of any return, any return. What He should be euthanized, this person, what he did to that woman. He's gone. He's de- So what you're saying, Bo Deedle, is that we have to institutionalize these homeless people. That's Absolutely. A, and let's stop, get, let's stop covering it and all that. Like I said, people living on Fifth Avenue called me up with this homeless guy. We couldn't do anything. We, garbage. We couldn't remove it. It's his property. Well, what about the people that are living there pain and they're, they're being threatened by this guy? He had a knife or something. And we went over there. What we did was we went over there about six in the morning. He was sleeping across the street. I got a U-Haul truck. I took all the crap out of Oh, I committed a crime, I think, by taking his property. And I True to the dumps. My point is we're protecting the mentally ill, but we're not protecting the people. Your people that are traveling on our sub- subways, crime is down because no one's on a damn train. Right, right. No one's, nobody's right, that's on the train. And it's still not down. I got to tell you something else. Not not violent. No, Nobody dies. But And this is another reason why I'm getting out of the city. I can't walk two blocks. And I live in a very nice area, Upper West Side. Bo and Bernie. I can't walk two blocks 
without having door crap splattered oh. all over the sidewalk. I don't, oh, don't understand. Even go with don't even go with the dog. No, I'm being serious. It's disgusting. Are hate me. I love dog. I love dogs too. But you it, like it, you like the dog to lick. Do you like the dog licking your face? No. Do you ever see what a dog licks? And then these people. Are, blah, 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 blah. It's, it's disgusting. Let the dogs stay in the friggin' zoo. Don't be crapping all <laughs> over my streets. You want to see a dog go to the zoo? Leave me alone with these dogs. Or, or at least if you're going to have a dog living in suburbia, dog. you can't be walking a dog in the streets in New York City. It makes all over the place. Margot yeah. gets mad at me because she has a big dog. And the thing comes and starts licking me. I said, keep the damn thing away from me. He was just licking the butt of another dog. Right. And now you want to lick me? Or, or he's got his uh, he's got his nose in your crotch. and. Yeah. and and the owner's telling you, oh, don't worry. He's a friendly dog. Yeah. Well, get his damn nose out of my crotch. All I say to people is just watch what a dog does. And then they go where another dog makes poo-poo, and they're licking, and, and you kiss them. You kiss them on yeah. the mouth. You got a dog? <laughs> no, it died. No, my dog died. Well, I had dog, dogs. Dogs are nice. Here, I'm going to get some outrage. Dogs are nice. I love dogs. They should be in the zoo. You want to go see an animal? Go to the zoo. No, Leave just me go, alone. go to suburbia. Keep you me can't... away from them. I don't want to do it. Guy tells me, Bo, I want to stay at your house in the Hamptons. I got two dogs. I said, do me a favor. You go put them in a kennel, put them somewhere. You're not coming into my house with two freaking dogs. <laughs> no way. No and way. Uh, oak floor, scratching them up, poo-pooing, pee-peeing on my floors. You're not coming to my house. Right. Go somewhere else. Leave your dogs in a zoo. Uh, listen, I, I get my elevator house. on my building. The, the elevator smells like dog. Now, look, there are dog parks, Essential Park. If yeah. you take your dog out there, that's great. But you know how many people live in the city where the, the, the poor dog sits in the Apartment all day long. He gets walked two or, or three cats. times a day, and then they crap all over the street. Or cats. How yeah. about being in a small apartment with like twenty oh. cats? What could that smell like? And it small apartment, it, twenty cats. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't pleasant for the uh, cats and dogs themselves. Yeah, I mean it's just horrible. All, all I know is we, to go back to the initial thing. Uh, Eric Adams, if you're listening, we've got it all out. And I tell you the honest truth, I would think about designing a, a, a master plan, and I'll go before city council, and I'll testify because nobody, nobody has gone through what I did in the 70s and 80s. Well, there's a lot of guys that did it. But, I mean, that what we remember what was happening there, there is a way to combat this crime problem, and you have to deal with the real problems. Like I said, it's a two-ditch effort. It's the mentally ill, dealing with them, taking them off the street, if need be forcibly, that's what it has to be. Number two is the gangbangers out there with all the shootings and all the guns. we got to get, there's about three, 4,000 of them. You take them off the street, you won't have any more shootings. These are the things we have to do. Let's stop worrying about the mentally ill's rights. Let's start worrying about the people like that poor Asian woman that was minding nope. her own business and gets pushed in front of a train. That's your perception. Years old. That's I, your perception. I, 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 it just kills me. It didn't happen. And we're worrying about the mentally ill. And you want to know something? This guy doesn't even know where he is. By the way, same with the, uh, they're going to hold a wake today for the girl who worked in Burger King. Oh, my God. The Latino girl. I, that- that's where I went last week. I told you I went up there to get Kentucky Fried Chicken last yeah, week. You told uh, me he was yeah, out. Yeah, yeah Bernie, yeah. you were out. So I went, took a drive. That's my old stomping grounds, the two five up there. And I went by there. There was a lot of people there. And then I went to Kentucky Fried Chicken, 106th Street, Second Avenue. I went out there. There was a couple of gang guys outside. They're looking at me. I pull up there with my Mercedes. They're looking at me, clocking my watch and everything. I walked out. I put my gun in my in my in my, in my coat. I thought I was going to have to uh, take my gun out to get back to my car. Uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken was going to cost me a little bit of. Uh, yeah. But by the way, how do you expect uh, Mr. Adams and his police force to arrest these gang members if, in fact, 
As far as I know, he hasn't taken it back. He endorses a DA named Alvin Bragg <laughs> that won't keep these guys in jail unless they shoot somebody. Has he taken that back yet, Eric Adams? Well, I'm going to tell you something. I yeah. said it, and I'll say it to you again. This could be his Waterloo. If he doesn't deal with this friggin' Bragg guy and deal with him and say, look, it, not in my city it ain't going to happen. We have a real problem with crime. People are fearful. People are moving out. Then when I hear on the report this morning... Uh, about the billionaires in the last two years, all these multi-billionaires went from seven hundred billion to one point five trillion dollars. They doubled their value. You know what? I'm for a, a billionaire tax. They should pay eighty percent of their profits. This is too no. much. I might become a socialist. I might become a, a oh. left winger. Catch Matidis is a billionaire. Quiet. Oh, well, You're on his station. Anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, we can make exceptions. Uh, I'm talking sure. about the super billionaires, all right? If right. you're worth more than $10 billion, then you pay taxes. You pay your damn taxes, right? No, that is, uh, that is gross itself. Yeah, Eric Adams, he's got a lot to, uh, he's got a lot to uh, amend for right now. I mean, well, he's not off to a great start. All I know is he's got a lot of issues, and I think the most number one issue is the crime problem, and with that comes part and parcel with the mentally ill, well, and we've got to deal with the mental ill problem. And, you know, we have places all over. You know, we worry about housing for homeless. Let's worry about the majority. There's a lot of people who are homeless. Probably 70% of the homeless are mentally ill. And we got to help them. We have to have places for them to go. But by staying on the subway and sleeping on the subway and then all of a sudden attacking people, it's not, it's not going right. Desperate times calls for desperate measures. We need that right now to protect the innocent like that 40-year-old uh, Asian lady. And you know what else? People are moving out. Everybody I talked to, including Sid, wants to move yeah, I'm out. out. I mean, in reality, people are moving out of this great city. We have to save this city. And if Eric wants to listen to me, Eric Adams, our mayor, if he wants to listen, I got a great plan. And I'll testify before city council, not as a cop. But as a New York City businessman, 38 years, what's going on? Everyone's bailing out. And that's the way it is. And you can't deal with homeless have rights. But where are the rights of that beautiful Asian woman that got pushed in front of that train? Where is her rights? Yeah, that's well a great said. question. Well, well said, said, Bo, Bo yep. Yeah, hopefully Eric Adams takes him up on it and puts him uh, on some, I don't know, some committee does something. Take Bo Deedle, Take this guy who knows more about the city than anybody. And by the way, and take advantage of it. Give Bill Bratton a call, too. Call Rudy Giuliani. Somebody. You want to call Bloomberg? You want to call? <laughs> well, he, no, he doesn't like Rudy. You, you call, call Big Bird. De Blasio. No. Yeah, but we should call. You know what we should call? We should call about the United States Attorney to investigate De Blasio and his wife. Wait a second. Where uh, did that uh, billion Eric, go? Eric Adams still talks to Bill De Blasio. And by the mm. way, he badmouthed Rudy Giuliani not that long ago and said that when Rudy ran the city, his policies were racist, and that's why Eric Adams wanted to bring us back to the Dave and Dinkins days. I don't forget this stuff. I mean, this is incredibly yeah. crazy you stuff. Know, Sid, I hate to say it. But uh, you're writing a lot of ass. <laughs> you got a paint there. Uh, what do you want me? To, what do you want me to do, shit? All right, I bet on the horse. The horse won. The, the horse no. has a lame leg. I don't know. No, no. I, I want. I want the Eric Adams to take advantage of what you're well, offering. Well, he's our mayor right now. Yes. Let's hope that he understands the people's outrage. And you know what? He's a very smart guy. And he's a very smart man. He has to realize he is the leader. He's the one that makes us feel safe. Or not safe. We have to declare the equivalent of martial law Absolutely. in this city and fix everything. We have to just do it and do it virtually overnight. We have to uh, lay down a gauntlet. We have to put all, all hands on deck, uh, institutionalize these people, 
Get the guns off the street. No matter what you have to do, the anti-crime units mm-hmm. have to be very aggressive. This is, again, desperate times, martial law, the equivalent of some sort of city martial law, municipal martial law, I think would be appropriate right now. You know, you know and, and, and again, who are the victims? The victims are the people of New York City, and the victims are moving out of New York City. And uh, I will try and get in communications with a mayor, and I, I will tell him how I feel and how everybody feels in New York. You, it's, it's in your hands. It's not in my hands. That's well, it. Yeah, uh, well, right now it's in your hands. You got to get to him and get his get his ear, both. Right, you know. which you I'm can do. Gonna, I'm gonna. Yeah. Now, you know, I'm. I don't. I don't stop for words. No, no, no. You don't. No, uh, no, and no, I'm gonna no, tell no. you something. Uh, what's going on is crazy, and people are scared. And I just gave you an example. I told my friend whose daughter's gonna work in New York. Yep. Please do not let her go on the show. No, summer. no, no. You're right. Well, hey, listen, Bo, no. all the love, all the love. Yes, love you, and uh, you get better there, young man. You know that. You know that. We got we got stuff to do. Okay. Hey, thanks to you. You, uh, I'm on the way. Thank you. Yeah, bro. I love you. Love, love you, too. too. Love that was you, a great bro. appearance by Bo Deedle. And uh, you could uh, check his Instagram on Friday morning. Eric Adams will be at Rayo's, I promise you, on Thursday night. More of Bernie and Sid on this Tuesday morning right after these words. We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio Chase Rice, 804 on your Tuesday morning, back here on the Bernie and Sid in the Morning Show. Bernard is back today. That's the great news. Great to see Bernie. 77 WABC listeners, go check out the new Bernie and Sid in the Morning merchandise. That's at the 77 WABC store. Do it right now. Go to WABCRadioStore.com and find everything from Bernie and Sid in the Morning T-shirts to hats to jackets to bags to even citizens' T-shirts. Luckily for Bernie and Sid listeners, we've got a limited-time discount. Enter discount code Bernie and Sid 15 at the checkout for 15% off your purchase at the 77 WABC store. That's discount code Bernie and Sid 15 for 15% off your purchase. Lisa Ganji bought a bunch of stuff. Thank you, Lisa. Go to WABCRadioStore.com right now. And when you get your merchandise, download the 77 WABC Radio app. Take a picture of yourself with it. Go to the upload section, upload your photo, and you'll have the chance to be featured on Bernie and Sid in the morning's Instagram, which, by the way, is at It's Bernie and Sid at It's Bernie and Sid. My Instagram is at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney. As you folks know, Bernie back today. Uh, I had the funeral yesterday. I uh, talked about it in detail in the 6 o'clock hour. Not going to do it again, but in case uh, they are listening, because they do every day, the family, friends of the Prieto family, uh, Al, Danielle, and Antonio, and the Iovine family, uh, and Gloria, Joseph, Lizzie, all of you, uh, we love you. Yesterday was brutal. It was brutal. Uh, but there was a lot of love there, too. So um, that is what I left the cemetery, the mausoleum in Woodbridge with yesterday, the amount of love that we saw between the funeral home and that beautiful mass at the chapel. That is what I saw. So last night, uh, Bernie, Ava got accepted into San Diego State University. She doesn't want to go there. 
And she also got accepted into the University of Hawaii, which she, she does want to go. But she's waiting very impatiently to find out, maybe even as early as today, UCLA and USC. And all I'm seeing all morning long is this beautiful girl, Brianna Kupfer. If you don't know the story, Brianna, UCLA student, uh, working by the university, some psycho, just like this crazy person who threw the Asian lady on the train, walked into a job. I mean, a really beautiful, not that it matters, it doesn't matter, but a beautiful blonde UCLA student, and he stabbed her to death. In an upscale uh, restaurant store. Yes. Uh, yeah, excuse me, furniture store. By UCLA. Exactly, yes. Yeah. Uh, just walked in, like you say. She's working. Uh, she was a grad, she's a grad student, actually. Yes. And just random. I mean, he didn't know the guy. He didn't know her. He walked in. He was going to kill somebody. And he knifed to death this beautiful blonde grad student at UCLA. And I guess, again, it's, hit, it's hitting home for me because we just spoke at dinner last night with Ava about her chances of getting in to UCLA and USC. But, you know, it's just California, another example, like New York, of a state, and especially the big cities, New York and Los Angeles, where they allow criminals to run wild. It's happening all over the place, even, uh, you know, smaller states, smaller cities, uh, Toledo, Ohio, South Bend, Indiana, Camden, New Jersey, whatever. And uh, I'll go a little deep uh, on this. I'll say this is all uh, this this atmosphere of lawlessness, which uh, to some extent already existed because of the culture. But it was exacerbated uh, exponentially by the overreaction to the death of George Floyd and Black Lives Matter and the cowardice on the part of uh, of uh, corporations, sport, sport, sporting organizations, et cetera, et cetera people. All these, everybody just sucked their thumb. They said, yeah, 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 defund the police. Yep, 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 cops suck. Cops are terrible. And uh, this is the result of the whole thing. This really is. This is it. This is what happened. Well, that Uh, was part of the back and forth I had yesterday with the Reverend A.R. Bernard, uh, who came on to celebrate ML King Day. And he was great. He's a lovely guy. You know, him and the rabbi do a terrific job Sunday mornings. Yep. But, uh, you know, I said, listen, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear about Colin Kaepernick. I don't want to hear about BLM. I don't want to hear it. Because the truth is, is that... The problems in this country, when it comes to that, that are not nearly as bad as these people depict it to be. And if anything, they're causing even a bigger racial divide. And when smart people like you, AR, you know, God-bearing smart people like you buy into it, it doesn't give a lot of hope to the morons out there who don't know any better than to just follow what you guys are saying. That's basically what I said to him, right? Yesterday, A.R. Bernard, and it was a nice, uh, a more of a pleasant exchange, but it was certainly contentious, yes? Yeah, it was very respectful, but you said what needed to be said. But, 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 and, of course, uh, you know, uh, who's, who's being victimized most? We're, we're, we're pointing out the uh, UCLA uh, lady. But the still, lady on the train here? The lady on the train, <laughs> Asian lady on the train. But still, the overwhelming uh, number of victims, they, they're, they're the people who A.R. Bernard purports to represent and want to... They're black people. Right. They're minorities. Right. Innocent, hardworking black people, minorities, Latinos in the inner cities. These are the people that are being disproportionately victimized because of this uh, this atmosphere of lawlessness caused by the overreaction to the death of George Floyd and Black Lives Matter. Well, I brought up George Floyd specifically. I said, A.R., look at this guy, arrested nine times, put a gun in a pregnant woman's stomach. Let me say this as nicely as I can. George Floyd was a scumbag, didn't deserve to die. I, I, I'm sick of saying it. I know, you laughed. You said, that to, to, you said that to A.R.? I, I, yeah, I, I, did I not say it? I said, I'm sick and tired of us burning down our cities. Exactly. Burning down our cities and turning our country upside down. I go, and by the way, A.R., 
Isn't it kind of odd to you? This is an exact quote. Isn't it kind of odd to you that almost every one of these people were lowlifes, criminals and lowlifes? That's not the point. The point is that there's a there's a movement going. I don't want to hear about your movement. Okay? If you're going to burn down a city, if you're going to tell us something needs to change, don't use a guy who's been arrested nine times, who did not deserve to die. I get that. But don't use him as your as your um, uh, catalyst to try to change. He's not the guy. Same thing with That's the- right. I said it. Thank you, Levin. Same thing with the mutt in, uh, in the suburb of Minneapolis who the cop was convicted of uh, manslaughter for, for killing after he tried to bolt. Remember, they, they actually televised his funeral. Al Sharpton spoke yes. at it. Yeah. This guy actually shot uh, somebody who was paralyzed to this day. He robbed a girl at knife point. She's traumatized. I played clips of her crying. She's getting gotten death threats. Yeah. These aren't the people you want to be championing. No. That cop there, that woman, never shot her gun uh, one time during her. She was, I think she was a 28-year veteran. She could have quit, by the way. The reason why she, that guy, uh, that, that, that arrest was botched, she was training somebody because they didn't have enough police. She, she stayed with the force. She said, you know what? I'm going to stay and try to help out. And they gave her somebody to try to train, and he botched the collar. Yes. And then she whipped out, uh, you know, instead of the taser, she whipped out the gun. We saw it was an accident on TV. I mean, there's no and now she's I, in jail, and nobody, nobody cares. No, nobody says boo. No different than Alec Baldwin. It was an accidental shooting. No different. But this girl was vilified. On the other hand, AR. Vilified. Who, she's, 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 she's not going to get out of jail for 25 years. I know. The cop in Minnesota who committed this horrible act to George Floyd, we all agree it was murder. We all agree. He's in jail for the rest of his life. Faced the death penalty the day he was arrested. Day, so, day one. Right. So what are we burning? What, what, what are we? Uh, and, and, and when he says it's not about George Floyd, Bernard, wait a second. There's a bust. Of George Floyd in Brooklyn. If it's not about George Floyd, and it's just about the movement and all this nonsense, then why is there a bust of George Floyd in Brooklyn? Why, why is right. that? Exactly right. And, 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 and as you point out, the cop was charged. And as we know from statistics, there is no more white people, more unarmed white men are shot by police than Unarmed black men. We, not even close. We know right. this. Now, we know there's so more the, white people, obviously. Right, but, but still, the, the fact that the, 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 the notion that there's some sort of epidemic of unarmed blacks being killed by police, totally debunked, totally false, easily verified. Uh, look it up. It's The stats are there, the crime stats. Joe Biden's Department of Justice, the woke DOJ, will provide them for you. Right. So you get these morons on 96th Street. I bring it up every week, these old Jewish people with, like, white or gray hair, whatever they are. And they stand there with this big sign, stop killing black people, big sign on the corner of 96th and Broadway. And you know, of course, I, I find my way there every Friday, and I run up and I scream at them, you know who kills black people? Black people. And uh, someone always says, hey, that happens to be right. But uh, on, a, on a serious note, let's talk about what Bo just talked about. You know, who's killing black people? Black people. Who's killing innocent people every day in New York City? Homeless, crazy, uh, disturbed people. And by the way, some black people. Not white supremacists, folks. Not white supremacists. How are we going to fix the problem when we continue to lie to each other about what the real problem is? Yeah, well, they, they have uh, uh, Joe Biden. You have uh, Sleepy Joe, the, uh, uh, the race-baiting uh, POS, Merrick Garland, all these people. 
the white supremacy is the biggest domestic terror threat facing our nation. Really? Well, Eric Adams just said it, too. Again, I keep bringing up Eric Adams. Isn't it amazing that in every one of our conversations, every one of them, he finds a place. He hired his brother. He hired his brother to combat the threats from white supremacy. Eric Adams just said that. And just like, if, for example, in New York City, give me one example. I don't have any. Give me one. Eric, Eric, please. Can, yeah. you, can you show me one example of white supremacy? That's why you hired your brother? I mean, I'm, I'm begging you. And, and as far as, look, there are, there are white supremacists. There are, uh, uh, you know, there are uh, Asian Pacific Islander supremacists. There are a bunch of nuts, screwballs, uh, nutcakes all over the place. But that is not our biggest domestic terror threat. That is not our, uh, that's not the threat that's, that's, uh, you know, uh, that we face that's threatening to ruin the nation. It's not that. Not by a long shot. That type of race baiting, uh, uh, that type of lying is so dangerous. I mean, it it comes from within, and it's it's, it's a harsh thing to say. I love uh, the black community, but the the fatherlessness in the black community, uh, among other things, cultural things, uh, music and stuff like that. Drugs. Yeah, but Thug it, life, it, start, it starts really with the the, the nuclear family. Of course. Uh, you don't have a, a role model as a dad, and, of course, uh, you glamorize certain things that shouldn't be glamorized. And this is where it's all stemming from, yeah, yeah, and yeah. nobody's talking Nobody. about it. I was Nobody. Watch, I was watching Michelle Obama. I wasn't. I shouldn't say that. Danielle put it on last night. Michelle Obama was talking about college. And it was ironic because it was literally moments after we were having this UCLA discussion with Ava, where she's going to college. And Michelle was saying that, you know, it's not easy when you send your daughter off to college and you got to say goodbye and now you can't watch her. Literally moments after we had that discussion with her own daughter. So it was pretty it was pretty ironic. But, um, you know, she she talked about uh, the White House and she talked about all these beautiful things and these beautiful schools. And it didn't seem to me like Michelle Obama gave a rat ass about the real issues inside the black community. Uh, she's the type of person, this is why I got angry with Danielle, made her shut it off, that would rather just blame white people for the position that a lot of a community is in rather than, as Charles Barkley says, every once in a while, every once in a while, take a look in the mirror. Take a look in the mirror. That's it. That's it. And just let's not forget uh, incidents like uh, Waukesha. I mean, we have pretty much swept that under the rug. Charlottesville, there was one person killed. It was horrible, terrible. Horrific what happened. That was, uh, I guess, a white supremacist or some some sort of affiliation with some sort of group like that. But the guy in uh, Waukesha killed a lot more people, and they completely ignored it. They completely and totally ignored it. They're trying to Waukesha the uh, the whole, uh, you know, the whole uh, Texas synagogue incident, sweep it under the rug. They tried that. They didn't get away with it, but they did try. It was really disgusting yesterday. As a matter of fact, we're going to talk with uh, Dove Heikend coming up a little bit later this hour. But uh, the, the things that they focus on, and they think we're all stupid, but I think the, the public is uh, really waking up. We see some of these polls out. Uh, this uh, a party, uh, this here is a, a big a big deal. A lot of people were citing this yesterday. This poll uh, that says that uh, identify as Democrat in the first quarter of 2021 was 49%, and now it's 42%, as opposed to Republican in, in the first quarter of 2021, it's 40%. Now it's 47% of people identifying as Republican, according to this, uh, this Gallup poll right now, this Gallup survey. Yeah. CBS, so, and pe- CBS had a poll out yesterday, too. 50% of the public is frustrated, at the very least, with Joe Biden, and his approval rating is down to 37%. Yeah, it's just as it should be. And, and 37, 
what is who among those thirty-seven percent? What do they see? <laughs> what the freak do they see that 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 that, that, they, that warrants? Yeah, I give them two thumbs up. They just hate Trump. That's it. There's no other rational explanation. He has botched every single thing he's done, everything he's done from the border to COVID to Afghanistan to the economy to inflation to the supply chain. There's not one thing this guy hasn't botched. So whoever has, whoever likes him, they just, they'd rather like him and continue to hate Donald Trump. And That's everybody it. that he picked uh, that I mentioned earlier on the Sunday morning shows, you have the supply chain crisis. Where's sneaky Pete Buttigieg? Nowhere. You have heating uh, heating uh, oil and uh, gas up 50, 60 percent over last year, not to mention just, uh, you know, regular gas that you buy at a gas station. Where is the transportation secretary, uh, Jennifer Granholm, on the Sunday morning shows addressing that? Nowhere. Where was Alejandro Mayorkas uh, yesterday on the uh, – he's the head of the D- Department of Homeland Security. Where was he on the whole uh, Texas synagogue thing? Nowhere, no. nowhere to be found. No. So everybody that Joe Biden has appointed, they have all turned out to be incompetent, including Kamala Harris, the worst. Incompetent, just uh, beyond belief, incompetent and apathetic. They don't care. They're arrogant. They're liars. And uh, so people are seeing it. Uh, I don't care that they hate Trump. Trump gave a great speech, uh, speech in uh, Arizona. It was on Newsmax Saturday night. It was great. The guy, mean tweets, maybe a little rough around the edges. He knew what he was doing. He took care of things. He got things done. I mean, uh, you know, he, he made us energy independent, Operation Warp Speed, a million things I could yeah. go down the list. Yeah. Everything was go, was going swimmingly, smoothly, as you can imagine, as you could possibly imagine. And uh, so hatred of Trump, just watching your country go down the dumper, go down the toilet because you hate Trump, you're a psycho. You're a sicko if, that's, if that gives you your pleasure. Very selfish. No question. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. Bernie mentioned it. Dove hikened on the hostage situation we saw last weekend in Dallas at the synagogue. will join us coming up at 845. He's always a terrific guest. Uh, we'll play Beat Sid coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. Coming up next, she does a great job every weekday afternoon sitting alongside John Katsimatidis at 5, and she's here every weekday morning at 825. Lydia Serrani, Lydia Reports, is next on Bernie and Sid. This is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani. You know, guys, yesterday we were talking about what would Dr. King, what would Martin Luther King Jr. think about the way progressives, some Democrats are behaving today, especially our leaders, the divisive rhetoric. And a prime example of just how divisive the rhetoric can be comes right from our president, President Biden. This video surfaced again a year later of what he said. And it's kind of hard to believe that our president actually said something like this. Take a listen. But even Dr. King's assassination did not have the worldwide impact that George Floyd's mm-hmm. death did. I mean, for him to even put Dr. King and George Floyd in the same sentence is absolutely ridiculous. To this day, we're still talking about what a pioneer Dr. King was. George Floyd was a victim of a crime, okay? His his assailant has been put behind bars, he's been charged, he's been convicted of murder, and that's it. That that's that that's the end of it. And for him to even kind of compare and do that sort of race baiting is disgusting. Well, you uh, happen to be correct, uh, though. George Floyd did have uh, we were just talking about it. He had one hell of, uh, you know, uh, the, the overreaction to his death 
I should say, created the, what we're living through right now, this uh, atmosphere of lawlessness, this terrible atmosphere. So, I mean, he was uh, – what happened to him did influence the nation in a great way, but there's no comparison between the two men. Right, but he didn't, he didn't compare the two men, and, and I don't want to defend Joe Biden because I can't stand him. I can't stand him. The only point he made, and Bernie, you just pointed out, he's actually right – is that George George Floyd's uh, death it did impact the world and nation. We both agreed that it was a bit much, too much, in fact, way too much. But his point was not wrong. It wasn't like he said, oh, they're both great men, or blah, blah, blah. He was just talking no, about the impact of the death. Well, no, I think Dr. King's death was a huge wake-up call for everybody that – you know, the only way to drive out darkness is with light, and you know, the only listen, way to drive uh, out hate is with love. And Dr. King, I mean, it listen, was just—I don't think—I don't think you remember uh, the streets in 1968 when he got killed. But I can tell you, I was here in 2020, and I find it hard to believe that anybody's death, anybody's death, rocked this nation more than George Floyd. I'm just saying. I think was, we were a powder keg. I think it, it could have been anybody. It didn't have to be George yeah, but, Floyd. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. The, they okay, were well, using. You're, you're, they were looking for. You're, an you're arguing two different things. You're, you're trying to put the two guys in the same sentence. And Biden, again, I hate defending him, but he is right. George Floyd's death had a huge impact. Huge, much bigger than we would have liked. But he wasn't wrong in that statement. Uh, and I would add this: uh, back in '68, when you know Martin Luther King was killed, there was no talk of. Uh, there wasn't. There wasn't. It wasn't followed up by craziness, by lunacy, like uh, defund the police and all that stuff. Right. It wasn't. But this uh, George Floyd uh, phenomenon was. Yes. And, and I must, to your credit, Sid, because I'll never forget it. Uh, when Biden first said that a year ago, uh, or whatever it was, we played it. And you said to me, you know what? I think he's right. And I said to you, you know what I would do, Sid? I said, I said to you, I said, I'd wait about a year or so. Before I make a comment like that, I'd wait and see what, you know, because right now we're in the middle of it. You know, it seems like, oh, this is the biggest thing uh, ever. But uh, in retrospect, you know, there is some validity to uh, what, what, what you said back then. Thank you. I don't remember so I want you guys to you. listen to what Dr. Alveda King said. She is MLK's niece, and she was asked on Fox News, what do you think Dr. King would say today about the state of the world and how progressives are, are acting in the rhetoric? Take a listen and hear what she says. All of this is called stirring the emotions, even race baiting with CRT. You know, I think they should teach CRT in schools and teach that it is racist and why it is racist and the origins of it being racist. They don't want to do that. They just want to scare everybody. Defund the police. Have you ever heard of anything so ridiculous? And then you have a city that is unprotected. She's right, of course, Dr. (laughs) Alvita King. Those are the two things, the CRT and the which got really major traction after George Floyd. That and defund the police, decarceration, and just a general uh, disrespect, which was already there for the police, but it just it rose to uh, exponential proportions. Uh, it, it became acceptable to actually assault police and not be charged with it. It's just the whole thing was disgusting. But uh, but that's an interesting clip that you played, uh, Lydia, and uh, you know worthy of uh, a conversation for sure. Absolutely, and so. Uh Tonight, 5 o'clock, John Katzmatidis, like you heard the promo say, you never know who we'll have, but we will have some impactful, insightful discussion from newsmakers around the world. We are hearing that D.A. Bragg is kind of, you know, freaking out a little bit about 
the pushback on his memo. That's how delusional that guy was. He didn't think there would be so much pushback on his memo where he basically decriminalized everything, including armed robbery. Yeah, he did so come out. Shall see. He actually came out publicly and admitted, quote, I've had a rough couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, 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 if you're a, a district attorney, the guy we entrust to lock up the bad guys, yeah. and you, you you pronounce the the fact that you're a friend of the bad guys, yeah, yeah you're going to have a, bit, a tough couple of weeks, pal. I would say so. Hey, Lydia, great job as always. And, folks, you can follow Lydia on Instagram, at Lydia News 1, on Twitter, at Lydia News. And I have to tell you, I couldn't help but out of the corner of my eye see that Fox News has Todd Kupfer on right now. He's the father of Brianna Kupfer. This was a gorgeous girl murdered, at, as Bernie pointed out, and correctly, a, uh, a very nice, uh, high, uh, high-class high uh, furniture store right uh, by the UCLA campus. She's a grad student. My daughters are going to go to UCLA. It is just another example of lawlessness. Uh, it could be Los Angeles. It could be New York. Uh, these, this country, specifically those two great cities, are completely out of control, and they keep showing this girl's picture, and I just... It's breaking my heart. It's, it's just awful. breaking my heart. That and the fact that they're going to have a wake today for the girl who was shot in uh, Bur- up at Burger King in Harlem. Yep. I mean, you have this Latina girl. You know, she's got the work ethic. She's going to work in a dangerous place overnight to try to make some money to help her family out. And she gives the uh, she gives the animal some money, and he shoots her. I mean, yeah, yeah. so much yeah. heartbreaking stuff in the forty year old Asian lady. Uh, Nine thirty in the morning on Saturday. 9.30 in the morning. I mean, I was just rolling over at 9.30 in the morning on Saturday. Yeah, but you would think that at that time of the day it would be fine. I mean, I, that's what, exactly. Yeah. And next we're, not that know, far, we're not that far removed, Bernie, from a 9.30 in the morning rape in Central Park right, in broad right, daylight. Right, right, right. I mean, these people don't care anymore. Yep. No. But this bit, they got to stop showing Brianna Comfort. I mean, God rest her soul. It's too much. And her father, poor Todd, so. Terrible. I got this article from John moments ago. You like this, Bernard? I guess it's today's, uh, what's on Twitter. Bill de Blasio's Twitter account. De Blasio says, I am not going to be running for governor of New York State, but I am going to devote every fiber of my being to fighting inequality in the state of New York. So the good news is, Bill's still involved. That looks great, by the way. Inequality. Inequality. Yeah, whatever that means. Uh, Yeah, that does look good. (laughs) Look at that. That's... uh... It's a monitor of our WABCRadio.tv stream. Pretty cool, right? Very cool. Yeah. Two handsome men right there. Yes. Oh, I see one. Just keep it that way. No, actually, where is uh, Bernie in the uh, in the camera shot? This is a test right now. It's not. I don't think it's live right now anyway. They wanted to make sure the camera was there you are because you were looking up for some reason. There you go. He's putting up the peace signal. What's up, yo? It's my boy Bernard. Anyway, uh, we've been talking a lot this morning about that uh, the terrorist uh, in, da- in Dallas who uh, went to a synagogue in an effort to let some prisoner out. And yet the FBI and Joe Biden really refused to admit anti-Semitism was involved in this in any capacity. Or terrorism. Yeah, or terrorism. Exactly right, Bernie. And that's why our next guest is the perfect guest for this because... He is not afraid to talk about anti-Semitism, terrorism, and all these things that continue to haunt us in our country today. 
and that is our good friend Dove Hyken. Dove, it's Moxta. Welcome back, good buddy. Well, it's great, great to be with you. Uh, this latest incident, uh, as you point out, is just totally beyond comprehension. And we are going to be calling, myself, other elected officials, an investigation. We need to get to the bottom of this. What would make an FBI agent get up in front of the entire world and tell the entire world, you know, the fact this guy picked a synagogue while they were praying, uh, you know, on the Sabbath, not a problem. It's not about Jews. It's totally, he would have picked something else, but he happened to be outside the synagogue. That's all. It is beyond comprehension. And you know what's interesting, guys? The fact is, the foreign minister of England, the, you know, while the FBI guy was telling us it was not anti-Semitism, it wasn't directed against Jews, the foreign minister of England said it was anti-Semitism at the very same time. So this is something that is beyond comprehension. It is beyond understanding. In fact, it is uh, becoming more and more clear as we, we, you know, the fact that he picked the synagogue, guess what? You know, uh, he was a student of anti-Semitism. You know, Jews have all the power in the world. You know, if you go after the Jews, you can get anything done. That's exactly why he went to the synagogue. So why would the FBI do this? And I, I just want to say, you know, we all grew up loving the FBI. You know, these are the people who put their life on the line for us all the time. But it's about the politics in the FBI. It is about the Biden administration, about uh, Garland. We need to know. I think we deserve, you know, the transparency they always spoke about when it came to Trump. How about some of that in the Biden administration? We need to know how that happened. I mean, the guy from the FBI didn't just get up and decide to say this without any information. What in God's name happened? Because this undermined the war against anti-Semitism. Dove Hyken on the Bernie and Sid Show, former New York State Assemblyman. Dove, clearly it was his woke bosses at the DOJ to told him that, that, that told him to soft-pedal this. Do not emphasize anti-Semitism. Back off on the, uh, the, the Muslim aspect of it. Turns out this guy came here around New Year's Day, uh, give or take two days before, two days after. He was on uh, the, the British intelligence radar, and they still granted him a visa. It makes no sense whatsoever. So th- this was, again, an orchestrated woke effort, and that, that FBI guy was following orders. Now, I want to know, uh, Dove, who you're more angry at, that FBI guy or at the president of the United States himself for saying this. Well, no, I don't. We, we don't have, I, I don't think there is sufficient information to know about uh, why he targeted that synagogue, why he insisted on the release of someone who's been in prison for over uh, 10 years, why he was engaged, why he was uh, using anti-Semitic and anti-Israeli comments. Uh, I, 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 we just don't have enough facts. Yeah, it couldn't possibly be anti-Semitism and terrorism. By the way, the lady who, who we wanted released, she's in jail for like 80 years for some sort of terrorist-related activities. Her nickname is Lady Al-Qaeda. And we still right. couldn't we couldn't connect the dots. Eighty six years, by the way, in prison. That's that's her term. Uh, she was going to murder American soldiers. You know, when you mentioned Biden or the FBI agent, you know, to me, Biden is missing in action. He's basically sleeping even when he's not sleeping. I mean, really, he's just <laughs> when you watch him, 
you got to feel demoralized how sad it is that this is the leader of our country. Uh, he has no clue what's going on. It's pathetic. And the bottom line is we need to get to we need to find out the facts. That's all it is. How in God's name, you know, he just happened to pick the synagogue. He was on the corner. You know, he was in the neighborhood. Right. Maybe he was going to pray at the synagogue. Who knows? Uh. He, he just happened to be there. I mean, it is so bizarre. It is so crazy. And as I pointed out, the foreign minister of England got it immediately. She called it anti-Semitism. But in our country, and by the way, here's something else. How safe do we feel in this country when someone like this, Malik Faisal Akram, could get into this country so easily a couple of weeks ago? Right. Even his brother. How did that happen? How did that happen? How safe are we? Even his brother asked that question. Today's New York Post, it's the actual cover of the paper. His brother said, how the hell did my brother fly into this country and uh, and do what he did? Uh, let's ask you, Dove Heikind. I mean, uh, obviously, me and Bernie think there was some anti-Semitism behind the FBI and the president not, not talking about the Jews and, uh, and even a terrorist attack. Is it that simple, Dove? Do you agree that's what it is, some anti-Semitism on their part? Well, I think it was, uh, you know, the, politi- the Democratic Party is more interested in being politically correct than anything else in the world. That's why they cater to the Talebs and the Omars and, and the rest of that radical anti-Semitic group. So unfortunately, when it came to this, it was an attempt to avoid making this into, uh, you know, anything to do with Islam. The fact is, uh, uh, Sid, Bernie, that Linda Sarsour, CARE, many of the uh, uh, Muslim organizations in this country, guess what? They have been fighting to get Lady Al-Qaeda out of prison. Yeah, hey, for listen, the longest period of time. So they, they are involved in trying to get this terrorist out of prison. Now they're all excited. You know, we're against this. You know, Linda Sassur, who's a noted anti-Semite, suddenly she's in solidarity with the synagogue. You know, <laughs> this is a real problem. You know, we've talked about it, about the Democratic Party, and, and, and thank God there is some positive news. More Americans to date, latest poll... Uh, have a connection, identify with the Republican Party than the Democratic Party. To me, to me, that is the greatest news I could possibly hear, that people are getting it. People are understanding that the Democratic Party is a disaster, a total, total disaster. The policies of the Biden administration, I mean, we knew we'd have problems with Biden. Did anyone expect that it would be this bad after one single year? No, absolutely. This is this is catastrophic is what it is. These are catastrophic proportions. You know, there are several uh, ladies in public life vying for the title of Lady Al-Qaeda. I'll just leave it at that. And by the way, Biden had no problem labeling uh, Kyle Rittenhouse a white supremacist on night one. He didn't have to wait for the facts to come in. Uh, uh, he's a white supremacist. Uh, that's Joe Biden. Quickly, Dove Hiking is no bigger New Yorker than Dove Hiking. Uh, we have to ask you your thoughts on the our current new mayor, Eric Adams, we had a lot of hope for him coming in. Front page of the New York Post today, still that the Asian lady was pushed onto the subway tracks. By the way, hate crimes against Asians and Jews off the charts in New York City. But either way, he said the subways are safe. It's a perception problem. What are your thoughts on Eric Adams' uh, dove hiking? He's living on a different planet. Yeah. If he thinks the subways are safe, 
with a woman just being shoved onto the tracks and and hey numbers don't lie people lie they make up facts but the numbers don't lie the statistics don't lie so look i want to give him a little more of a chance but for him to get up and think that he can tell us it's okay you don't have to worry you don't have to be concerned that's not being honest with the people of the city. The people of the city deserve honesty, and we need to get that from our elected officials, starting with the mayor. The mayor promised a lot. He was going to make the city safe. He understood that supporting the police was important and that we need to not only not defund the police, we need to increase funding for the police. So when he says things are okay, not a problem, He's not living on earth. Nope, he's not. And, uh, again, the honesty, he should be angry. He should have, the next day, he should have been very angry instead trying to sell us a bill of goods that doesn't exist. As always, Dove Hiking, you're not good. You're great. Great to catch up with you, uh, our good friend. And please keep coming by. Thank you so much. Thank you, Bernie. Thank you, Sid. All right, Dove. Dove Hiking, who spent the better part of four decades as a big-time assemblyman out there in uh, Borough Park, Brooklyn. I do want to bring uh, something up. I know that, um, you know, I had that horrible funeral yesterday, and you're going through your own stuff, but I know you did uh, just suffer a tragic loss in your own family. I know your uh, your mother-in-law, who a uh, great lady, lived into her 90s like my nana did, and by the way, had the same name. Florence, as my nana and my yeah. grandmother, I know she just passed away. Passed away uh, two days ago. Uh, yes, uh, Florence Petrovich, my wife, my beautiful wife's a mom. Uh, my my wife, by the way, is the rock of my life right now. I mean, she she's always has been, but uh, never has it been more evident than now. And uh, in the middle of it all, she gets a call on uh, Sunday morning. Uh, your mom uh, just passed away, sitting right. on her favorite uh, couch. She was living in Jackson Heights, 93 years old. So uh, in addition to everything else, uh, my wife and the rest of the family, but particularly Carol, yeah. has to deal with that as well. Yeah. So now she's going to be uh, probably heading down to Florida, I guess, for a funeral in, uh, her, uh, in a couple of days. Her dad is buried. His d- dad is a, a veteran. Yeah. He's buried in a, uh, yeah. a veteran cemetery. And, yes, she's going to uh, be traveling Newport, down for Richie, that. Yeah. Well, uh, sorry again to uh, to you and Carol and your whole family. Thank and, uh, you, Sydney. Thanks sounded for like bring- a wonderful lady. Your you wife even said she was a big-time polka dancer. She was great. Yeah, she was just a, a, a she just loved life. She was a terrific mom and a terrific mother-in-law as well. I mean, you have these, you know, typical mother-in-law stories. I had none of that. She was uh, just a lovely lady. Rest in peace, uh, Florence Petrovich, and uh, all of our love, certainly from your son-in-law, Bernard, and uh, your uh, kind of your uh, honorary son-in-law, Sid Rosenberg. Sorry, Carol. We'll take a short break. We'll come back with the fourth and final hour of Bernie and Sid right after these words. This this is the news and talk station of New York with Bernie and Sid in the morning. What is going on? Real Real. New York 77 WABC. We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Come on. Mama's got a squeeze box that it never sleeps at night. 
Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show, ladies and gentlemen, heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app simulcast out on Eastern Long Island, News Talk 107.1 FM. Also, you can watch us on your smart TVs, on your computers at WABCRadio.tv. That's right. We're live streamed right there, WABCRadio.tv. You know, uh, Corey Zelnick is in the house, one of my favorite people, and uh, it's great to see him. I guess you're going to speak to him a little bit later, but are you doing well, Corey? I'm doing great, Bernie. You look terrific. You look fantastic. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And, you know, I've been waiting about a week or so now. I've been telling Sid to That's come true. by. I just wanted to see you. You know, we've become friends over the last couple, three years, and it's been wonderful to get to know you and to be here and think about what you're going through. And I wish there was more I could do. Is there anything I could do? I just want to be supportive you, of you. You are doing and it right now. Thank you. Thank, thank, you. thank you so much. And it's so great to see you. It, it, the pleasure is really all mine. Mutual at the very least, but uh, I would say all mine. Uh, Corey Zelnick in the house. Listen, Corey, you're a big sports fan, right? Yes, sir. They kicked uh, Djokovic out of uh, Australia. Australia, yeah. Hey, yeah. get him out. Get, exactly. I mean, I mean, what was he thinking? If you've been watching the news, though, they did blackball it a lot. I mean, uh, what you've seen in Australia, you go to Australia unvaccinated. You're lucky they didn't put you to, you know, like put you in front of a firing squad. You're, you're, you're right. You're right. So anyway, the poor bastard is back in uh, Serbia. He's going to lose a lot of money. He may not be able to return for a few years. He may be barred from the French Open. Uh, Djokovic, and I've been watching a lot of sports these past uh well, these past few weeks, I have to tell you, escapism. I, I mean, I can't take news all the time. Uh, I even watched the Knicks yesterday. I watched the Knicks. Uh, That's uh, the worst game they played uh, in about two weeks. I was there. They were I know, but you were there. It was awful. It was you awful. were there. But, yeah. but here's the thing. He's got great it, uh, tickets, it, by it's the way, Mike, it, Yeah, I, I, I realize <laughs> that. But it's Mike Breen and it's Walt Clyde Frazier. That's it. And it's like eating comfort food. Yeah, it really It's is. in the garden. And so that, that's why I watch it. But I also watch the football game. I watched, uh, I watched the Cowboys and the 49ers. Sunday. The, yeah. the last minute took like an hour. But it was still exciting. I couldn't, yeah, turn, it, couldn't turn it away. Dallas had a chance to win if they would have thrown the ball to the end zone two or three times uh, instead of uh, running the football with no timeouts and 30 seconds left. Unbelievably, right? Yeah. It I was, mean, come on. It was incredible. Yeah. Also, you had this, uh, uh, this University of Pennsylvania swimmer, the transgender who was, uh, you know, beating uh, biological girls uh, left and right all over the place, stealing their dreams, if you ask me. He's just cheating. He's cheating is what he's doing. He's yeah. a guy. And uh, so the interesting thing is he called himself, according to the girls on the team, he's been calling himself the Jackie Robinson of swimming. That's unreal. I mean. <laughs> and just so you folks know, what he means by that is Jackie, of course, broke the color barrier in baseball, and he has broken the transgender barrier in swimming. So there is an analogy to be made, I guess, but it's nauseating. No, no. Jackie Robinson didn't wasn't cheating. That's true. Jackie but Robinson the, was playing on a level. But left. he's not cheating either, this guy. Oh, sure he is. No, he's not. Oh, If he was cheating, he wouldn't be allowed to swim. You and I think he's cheating, but he's not cheating. He's on the team. He, he is, but, but, but fundamentally, he's I cheating. I understand. He's a, he's, a, he's a male with bigger muscles, bigger bones. Uh, listen, I'm with you 100%, but the truth is he is a transgender. He's allowed to swim. So in that respect, he is breaking a barrier. Well, it's nauseating, and it's me, not right, but he is. He, he is the Jackie Martling of <laughs> funny. swimming. He's a, he's a clown. <laughs> he's a cheating, selfish clown, to, if you ask me. And I have nothing. Wait a second. What? Why him? Why isn't Pennsylvania? I, I, I'm more angry with Pennsylvania. You're right. You're, right. you're putting him on the team. Because they're afraid. They're cowards. You're absolutely right that he should not be allowed to. The rules are set up so that he can do it, and so he's taking advantage of it. Right. Uh, but he's, still, not, he's, not, he's not a pervert. He's not in, no, no. like, 
not, not, not that we know of. Well, but, that's true. Uh, but there's no. Uh, I mean, he has a moral compass, doesn't he? He's got to realize what he's doing to these girls. And again, I have nothing against a guy who wants to wear a dress. And he wants to be called a woman's name. Right. That's fine with we, me. We've done that once or twice. I, I, you know yeah, I mean? Saturday night. It was 2001. Nights, <laughs> high heels. But I've been telling you, the uh, woman who's winning Jeopardy is a transgender. She's still winning? She's still, she's won like $1.2 million. Oh, my God. She's, wow. I think she's passed, she passed James Holzhauer in the uh, number of games or whatever the hell it is. Wow. But I have nothing against all that. Just don't use the uh, women's locker rooms and bathrooms. Totally agree. And don't compete against them in sports. Then go about your business. Yeah, but again, I, I have to blame the schools and the system before I blame the person. Because if they didn't have a conduit to do it, they wouldn't be able to do it. So if this guy, and I think this guy really does, I don't think he's one of those pervs who's trying to see girls naked. If he really considers himself to be that way, that's on him. But once the colleges and the schools allow him to do it, to me, they're the ones more at blame than he is. Well, to me, he's no better than uh, Mark McGuire, Jose Canseco, guys like that. Well, that's fair. They cheated. They did steroids. Yeah, I mean, the, but again, that wasn't illegal in baseball either, right? But the, but but again, but they did cheat. He, they they cheated, and and I believe him to be cheating as well. I think it's a, it's a really just criminal uh, to steal these girls' dreams and their, their scholarships and stuff like that, or whatever it is. Just I mean, they're not going to go anywhere. But that but swimming. My daughter played volleyball in college, and it was a big deal to her. Of course, and she had some dude that, that was uh, you know a little taller, a little stronger, and he took her place. She would have been heartbroken. And so that's the way I feel well, about the girls as well. Uh, same thing with Ava with tennis. Now, by the way, the good news is this transgender swimmer, while just crushing all the women, and that will continue, he did face another transgender swimmer a week or two ago, and he lost. Good. And uh, now Michael Phelps, uh, Olympic swimmer Michael Phelps, actually weighed in on it. And like a, like a few other uh, sports figures, uh, Martina Navratilova, couple of others, and even uh, you have uh, people like J.K. Rowling, the author of Harry Potter, weighing in on this, saying what a travesty it is. But anyway, this is what Michael Phelps said. Let's see how he navigates this minefield. I think this leads back to the organizing committees again, because it has to be a level playing field. I think that's something that, that we all need. Like That's what sports are. Uh, and, and for me, um, I, I don't know where this is going to go. I don't know um, what's going to happen. Um, I, I believe that we all should feel comfortable with who we are in our own skin. Um, but I think sports should all be played at an even playing field. I don't know what that looks like in the future, but it's, it's, it's hard. It's very complicated, and, and this is my sport. This has been my sport my whole entire career. And I honestly, the one thing I would love is everybody to be able to compete on an even playing field. Well, he's saying the right things about the even playing field. Yeah. He's right about that, but I don't think it's that complicated. I mean, you, 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 if you want to be a transgender swimmer, compete against other transgender swimmers. That's, That's it. it. That's it. It's not, it's not right. complicated. Boys against boys, girls against girls, transgenders against transgenders. Right. He's yeah. a doofus, though. I mean, let's be honest. I know he won gold medals, and he's a, I guess he's a hero, I guess. I don't know. He does the weedy stuff. But you ever see his commercials? He is he's a real doofus, this uh, Michael Phelps, no? Well, he's not. He's a goofy-looking guy. I, mean, I don't he know. He ain't he's no a, Brad Pitt. He's got money? He's got big money? He's got Chuck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. He's that huge. doesn't help. He's still goofy looking. Right, mean, right to the bank. Right yeah. to the bank. I never see him on the, uh, the Wheaties boxes. All I ever see is... Uh, oh, that was a long time ago. He was on for a long time. Oh, was he? Oh, yeah. Well, then they oh, caught okay. him smoking weed. Well, they caught him smoking weed. They took him oh, off the box. Weed. They took him off the box. Right. Try right, Corey. Good job. Okay. Yeah. All right. Weed. Okay. The, the, the well, because he's a white guy. You know, when a black guy smokes weed, he gets, he gets to get on the box. 
White guy smokes weed, he's off the box. <laughs> well, uh, LeBron James is on the box, and uh, I remember what he said, uh, I don't I don't F with no white people or something. And he did say I, that. I didn't see it. was unfortunate. Was, it was during the was HBO sick. shop show. And I, I love weed. He's got to sit there and look at LeBron James. Well, he actually but, said when he was a kid in Akron, he didn't like white people. When I was a kid in Akron, I didn't F with those white people. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. it was pretty rough. So, And th- then you had, of course, uh, sticking with the sports motif here, uh, and that doesn't mean, uh, you know, more teeth. See what he just did? What happened? Right. Uh, listen, uh, the, the uh, Golden State Warriors, they have a part owner. And he's got a, he's got a pretty difficult uh, sort of Indian name to pronounce. Or guy or something. How, Sharma, how do you Sharma, say it? Sharma teeth or something. It's okay. yeah, yeah. Very, very difficult. difficult. E- either way, he's part owner yeah. of the Golden State Warriors. And this clip uh, made me laugh. He, they, he was talking on a podcast about the NBA doing business with China. Uh, despite China's record with the uh, the, the the Uyghurs, the Muslims, uh, with the concentration camps, the genocide, et cetera, et cetera, and this is what he said. Take a listen. Yeah, nobody cares about what's happening to the Uyghurs. Okay, you you bring it up because you really what? care, and I think what that's nice that you cares? care. The rest of us don't care. I'm just well, telling you a very care? hard. Wait, I'm you're telling you, you very, personally don't care. I'm telling you a very hard, ugly truth. Okay, of all the things that I care about, yes, it is below my line. That's that's absolutely freaking <laughs> hilarious. It is I true. Mean, uh, look, uh, the, the the fact of the matter is, you walk down the street, you, you know, talk to the average person. People really don't care about the Chinese Uyghurs. But the issue is this: is that if you're going to be this uh, social justice uh, warrior a league like the NBA, uh, you can't be one thing in the United States and another thing dealing with uh, somebody like China that did what they did to that does what they do to these uh, Uyghurs, uh, the, oppressing them stopping them from having babies, killing them, putting them in concentration camps. It's really more about hypocrisy. But uh, his brutal honesty there was uh, – was, so nobody cares. Nobody no, really – He was look, honest. There's slavery, by the way. There's slavery in Africa right now. Yes. Nobody seems to care because nobody why? Cares. Because it's not perpetrated by white people. It's right. perpetrated by other Africans. So nobody cares. I mean, a few years ago, the GM of the Houston Rockets actually came out and talked about how he thought the people had a right to be upset in, uh, in uh, Hong Kong. But um, otherwise, there's a lot of guys in that league making a heck of a lot of money. And uh, that LeBron James, specifically, he's one of those guys. Uh, and they just don't want to hear it. They just don't want to hear so it. Funny. Nobody cares. Nobody it's not cares. High on my list of issues. They, a lot of those Uyghurs are making these, uh, you know, they're in prison, of course. But the uh, the slave labor you talk about in China, they're making these guys sneakers yeah. every day. And they're fully hey, aware. They're uh, not, they know. I'd love to see this guy run into Enos Cantor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'd like to see that. No, he's on, they're on the same side, him and Enos Cantor. His issue is going to be with his head coach, who's the most woke coach in the NBA. He's worse than, than Popovich and Van Gundy, and that's Steve Kerr, the head coach of the Golden State Warriors. He's the most woke guy in the league. Yeah, but he doesn't seem to care about the uh, Chinese Uyghurs. He never says anything about them. Who, Steve Kerr? Yeah. Of course not. Never Please. says a word. So uh, he's he's not on the same page uh, as Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr apparently doesn't care about the Uyghurs because he doesn't say anything about them. Where, well, yeah, that's true. Whereas Enos right. Cantor is— No, no Enos and, Ka- and Kerr are on different pages, yes. Yes. Right. And so, but so is Kerr and, and, the, and the guy from the Golden State Warriors, I think, the, uh, the GM. I think what he said was nobody cares about the Uyghurs— um, what was the exact point exactly? That he, nobody cares about the Wiggers, so it's just business as usual? Is yeah, that it? Yeah, that was it. Exactly. Yeah. Nobody cares. Shut up about your stupid issue. Yeah. We're going to continue to do business. And, yeah. uh, 
you know, let's talk about Stephon Curry or something like that right now. I mean, what do you think he was trying to imply there, Corey? I'm not, I'm not sure where he was going because he is he's a huge, huge uh, software investor, huge investor in all the major, major companies who all do business over there. Is that right? So, uh, yeah, I think it's very interesting that he would go go down that path, even you know, even tongue in cheek, if it was meant right. to be that way. Right, that's crazy. He's got a ton beyond sneakers. He's got a ton of business. This guy's a huge, well, huge, wealthy guy. That, that, that explains it even further. Yeah. I mean, he's like, uh, forget about it. Let it go. Drop it. Right. Forget it. That's the way it is. I mean, the owner of the Brooklyn Nets is another guy that has... Uh, Joseph Tsai. And he's Chinese, right? Yeah, and, yeah. and he's got a ton. I mean, he makes billions, I would imagine, back in China, right? Absolutely. One, yeah. la- one last thing, uh, gentlemen. You, you have any buildings in China? I do not. Start. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's the future. It's the future. And nobody cares about the Wiggers. Exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, listen, lastly, uh, Joe Biden just botched everything up with his uh, Georgia speech about voting rights, the easier-to-cheat law that he wants to pass by getting rid of the filibuster. It's not going to happen. He, he essentially said, if you're not with me, you're a bigot, you're, uh, you know, you're Jefferson Davis, you're Bull Connor, blah, blah, blah. He went on and on. And he got reamed by everybody. And by the way, Stacey Abrams, who is – this is like a big deal. It's voter suppression. is is, is like her big deal. By the way, more people voted in the 2020 election in November of 2020 than voted in any election in the history of this country. It's got to be because when you add up the votes between Biden and Trump, it's like 153 million. One guy got 80. One guy got 73. It it is true. It's very true. And uh, so where's the voter suppression? What are you talking about? But anyway, they want to normalize what happened in November of 2020, make it easier to cheat. Anyway, uh, Democrats left and right were really just livid about what uh, Joe Biden said. No, Republicans were, of course, but some Democrats were as well, even Al Sharpton, Dick Durbin. Uh, But anyway, effectively, it seems like Joe Biden's administration sort of figuratively ended last week. They were killing him on the fake news channels all weekend long. But one uh, one guy who summed it up nicely, I would say, is uh, a guy who once marched with Black Lives Matter. His name is Mitt Romney. Listen to what he said. He's got to recognize that when he was elected, people were not looking for him to transform America. Uh, they were looking to get back to normal, to stop the crazy. And, and it seems like we're, we're, we're continuing to see the kinds of policy and promotions that are, are not accepted by the American people. Look, James Carville just said that, you know, he's had a bad week, but not a bad year. No, no. As a matter of fact, he's had a bad year. He's had 52 weeks of, of bad weeks. <laughs> you tell him, Mittens. You tell him. And by Damn. the way. This was all over the That's place. That's the first time I've liked Mitt Romney since he ran against Obama. Yeah. Well, I, I have much more I could play, but uh, in the interest of time, I will conclude yeah. uh, this particular well, segment. Well, your day is concluded now. You're heading back, uh, in the interest of transparency, you're heading back to the hospital now for some more tests today. Well, some consultations. Right, some consultations. And um, we'll see you again tomorrow, and we'll know more about exactly where you are in this process, good, good or bad, and we think it's going to be good. We'll know more about it tomorrow. No doubt. All the love, my brother. All the love. All the love. Corey and Zellner, once again, Sid uh, Rosenberg. A uh, healthy condolence to uh, Carol for uh, your mother-in-law, Florence. God Florence rest Florence Petrovich. Rest yeah. in peace. Yes, indeed. All right, gentlemen. See you uh, tomorrow. Stay see you. We love Stay you. Stay positive, Bern. That's Thanks. a great Bernard McGurk. He'll be back tomorrow morning at 6. we got more to do. we got Beach Sid. We'll spend a little time with Corey. He's one of these psychos who thinks New York is going to be fine. But he's a lovely kid. But, I mean, God, you talk about delusional. Jesus. And we'll come back with more of Bernie and Sid on a Tuesday right after this. Right now on 77 WABC, stay informed with Bernie and Sid in the morning. Then at noon, it's Charlie Kirk. And at 1.15, it's Brent Kelly on 77 WABC.
OJ's Backstabbers, 927. Bernie's on his way back to the doctor. He's going to find out uh, what all these tests have meant over the last couple of weeks. We'll get some results today and hopefully have some of that for you tomorrow. Live in studio, he was with us last segment, is a dear friend of both of ours, dear, dear friend of mine, and uh, Danielle and his wife, uh, Jessica, of course. And that is uh, the great Corey Zelnick, a real estate mogul, just a really good guy and a real New York guy. Corey, welcome back. Thanks, Sid. Thanks for having me. It it's so, great to have so, him. So great to see Bernie. Wasn't it great to so, see him? Oh, fabulous. Yeah. fabulous. He's fighting hard. He's fighting hard. Yep. It's a battle. It's a battle. Oh. And it's taking its toll. Uh, he's, he's completely different than he was a month ago. Yeah. But he'll be back to where he was a month ago, I yeah. think, before you know it. So. Yeah, I said to him, I said, I said win, win today. Win right. today, and you know right. you do tomorrow? You win tomorrow. Well, you sound like Tom Thibodeau, the coach of the Knicks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in all seriousness, you are a very big sports fan, an avid Knicks fan at that. You know, it's funny. I was watching... Um, uh, Craig Carton and Evan Roberts yesterday. I was just, I couldn't take inflation and I couldn't take it. And I never watched that. But it was on CBS and they were discussing the Brooklyn Nets. And the conversation was, because Evan's a big Net fan, the conversation was in the history of New York sports. And I thought it was a good conversation. Has there ever been a team with a collection of talent? Now you have to understand, the Nets have three certain Hall of Famers. Kyrie Irving, he's going to the Hall of Fame. Kevin Durant, he's going to the Hall of Fame. Uh, certainly James Harden is going to the Hall of Fame. Even Blake Griffin is is up for discussion, but I doubt it. But three certain Hall of Famers. When was the last time a New York team had that talent and didn't even play for a championship? Oh, I, I can't even tell you. I Maybe never. You. Maybe never. I mean, when you think about a loaded team, you go all the way back to the Knicks championships in 73. But they won twice. They, won, they did win. That's what I'm saying. So you, you, Some no, say the Mets, and I agree with this, should have won more than once. Loaded. And the Yankees were loaded for, for a, a stretch where they didn't win. They won a lot. They won a lot with the core four, but they didn't win every single year. Well, but they got to the so, World Series six times. No, they did. They did. Yeah. I think this is the most talented team maybe ever. It was, it was a cute discussion. But it is. It's just a, to take you away from the everyday nonsense. So you and I discussed this last week. There is a growing number of New Yorkers that are leaving uh, the city. I'm hopefully leaving the city before you know it. I've had enough. Uh, and there is certainly a, a growing group of people that even that are staying here that are losing faith, even with the new mayor and all that that this city will ever, ever, ever be good again. You're not one of those people. Why? I'm, I'm not. Never mind that I'm born and raised here and I love it. I live here and I work here and, and, and everything like that. But the, the, you have to stay positive. You, and you always joke about Jerry Seinfeld two years ago and all of that stuff. Well, well he did that column. Uh, he wrote that story in The New Yorker. And he was like, I'm, I'm never leaving. And he spent nine months in the Hamptons. And, and, by the way, <laughs> and by the way, that was the last time you heard from him. Right. 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 So, so, and I still show up. And, I, and there's, there's, you know, when you look at it, and I'm, I'm not overly statistical, there are office leases being signed. Everybody talks about working from home. Office leases are being signed. I could sit here chapter and verse. People but are there rent- are still a ton of them that are not being signed. Right? No, no. Uh, agreed. But if you saw what was happening, and I'm not asking you to read the real estate news, people that their companies are believe in the city. I deal with retailers, as you know, mostly in the food sector and mostly in the medical sector, and they're taking up space. They're growing. They want to be here. They know it for the long term. People are renting apartments. You can't get an apartment. We talked about this last That's time. That's true. There are no more concessions. Rental rates are at the highest they've been since pre-pandemic days. Like almost ever. And so I think that there's a long-term belief. And we did this. You and I did this during the pandemic. And you said, when's it coming back? When's it coming back? And I think, I think some point last year I had said to you in July. And it did. And then what happened was Omicron came around. First it was Delta. Then it was Omicron. And it slowed things down. And now I'm going to tell you again. I know we're sitting here in January. I'm going to tell you by after the summer, 
after the summer. I know it's a long ways away. The city will be back. The See, I'm more back. nervous, and you're right. Uh, certainly the COVID was a thing that really uh, tossed us on our ass. Yeah. Uh, and Delta continued that, so did Omicron. But I'm more worried about the crime and the filth and the homeless and these types of things which Eric Adams is supposed to combat. In the meantime, he's telling you I'm crazy. He doesn't really exist. I'm more worried about that than this virus. I, I and, and I agree with you 100%. And I want to get on the phone with Bo, and I want to go meet Eric and, and talk to well, him. What are your this. thoughts on that? I mean, you're a New Yorker, a successful guy. We need people like you here. The bottom line is you, John Katsimatidis, we need people like you here. What are your thoughts on Eric Adams? Right now, I'm, uh, I'm a little uh, set back. Disappointed. You know, I'm very disappointed. I, I, didn't like, I did not like the white supremacy com- comment last week. I mean, where did, where did that come from? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And this crime thing, we got you got to jump on it. You got to jump on it. I know you talked about what he said. It's, you know, it's perception. That, you know, that's BS. That's BS. It's real. We're living it every single day. You know, I was down at the game, I was down at the game yesterday. He showed up to make the, the opening Martin Luther King remark, which was very nice. He sat there for a few minutes. He donated, they donated some money to the United Corey, Negro College he Fund. was at a Nick game. The Knicks are the team in this city, and he talked about his affinity for the Brooklyn Nets. I, I mean, you talk about being completely toned up. That's a small thing, what basketball team uh, you're rooting for. But he even screwed that up of yesterday. Course, of course, but you know, you know what? I could live with that. Right. I could live with that. Don't screw up the subway stuff. Screw up Knicks and Nets. Right, <laughs> right. Know, get, get, on, get on board with fixing up this crime. I mean, it, it, it's awful. It's awful. Um, there's, the, the, you know, you have the crime situation. The, what the virus is doing where it's hurting uh, companies, I have companies that are ready to open up stores, literally. And I, I say to them, when's the opening date? They show me it's all built out. Give me staff and I'll open. No staff. No staff. Wow. And what's happening is, is that the, 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 some employees, they'll send a picture of their positive, their cousin's positive test. Yeah. Send it into their employer and say, "I got to be out for five days." Wow. And what What can you do? Nothing. People's Nothing. hands are tied. Yeah. And and that also hurts. And that I, I did see that the uh, the old Joseph Abood store, in the the downstairs of your yeah. building, yep. is still vacant. Yes. Are you going to rent that? Is that is that is that yours to rent? That's that is my, your store, right? It's mine to rent. Uh, we're having problems. We're in the heart of Midtown. Forty ninth and and Madison should be perfect. It's perfect, but there's still nobody around. If I, I, I have a friend out in the West Coast, and I showed her a video of my outside of my window at 49th and Madison at lunchtime last week. There was nobody there. Nobody there. Nobody there. Is, 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 is what's it called doing any business? Uh, the big restaurant over there, uh, Del Frisco's. Del Frisco's? Modest. Modest, Modest business. Because the, off, the office workers are not here. The companies are keeping them out now, supposedly until March. March. You know, they just keep put. They just keep, they keep push. They keep pushing it, uh, but it, it's it's going to be a long haul. It well, give me long. then the because uh, you've been you've been right. You mm-hmm. said July. It came back in July. Now you got the viruses and you got the crime. Hopefully, the new mayor is able to combat that. Give me your final prediction, Corey. I don't expect it to be what it was years ago. I'm realistic. It, it may never be the same. It may never be the same. But give me your honest prediction. What month? When will we see New York at least resemble resemble the great city? That you maintain it still is Labor Day. Labor Day. Yep. Oh my god. Because what's going to happen is people are going to start to feel good in the springtime, and then everybody's going to summer vacation. Right. And then it'll be Labor Day. Wow. All right, okay. Labor Day it is, huh? That's my call. Uh, well, listen, you've been on the money. Yep. So Labor Day it is. Yes. Labor Day, New York is back. I look forward to it. But you're happy. You're, I mean, you're, you're, you're married. you got a beautiful wife. Thank you. You, you know, you're so kind. You talk about Jessica. You talk about my daughter, Bailey. I I'm, do. I love your daughter. Yeah. Bailey's in Maryland doing great, I'll right? Take, actually, Thursday, I have to take her back to school. 
Oh, right. It's I get a, confused where we are in the, in the well, calendar you know, year. They, they get a Christmas break. That's a month long. Oh, but is this you up again for President's Weekend and all that no, no, in February? She that. No, no. No, she okay. Get any of that. So she'll come up with spring break. And that'll, now, she's a, is she already a sophomore or junior? She's a sophomore. Sophomore, okay. And she'll go away for spring break in March with her girlfriends. Oh. Um, yeah, I know. Ay, ay, <laughs> ay, ay. Get ready. Get yeah, ready I'm not ready. Get ready. I'm not ready. Yep. Well, it's great to see you. And it's nice of you to come in and see Bernard. Bernard really does love you. You're a great friend yes. to all of us. So. Thank you, and it's my thank pleasure, you. and thank you for having me. I always thank enjoy you. it. So handsome, too. Yeah, thank yeah, you. handsome guy, Corey Zelnick. Such a good-looking guy. For folks that want to want contact you, how do they do that? Uh, Instagram, Corey Zelnick. Uh, Zelnicko.com on the, is the website. And like I always say, if you feel like going old school, call me, 212-223-2200. There you go. That's Corey Zelnick, everybody. That's a good man right there, uh, whether it's business or just pleasure. Grabbing a burger at lunch, that's the man right there. Now, it's time to Beat Bernie. It's time to Beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. You think you can beat Bernie? Good luck. It's time to Beat Bernie. All righty, not time to beat Bernie today, but beat Sid as Bernie headed out a little bit early today. So another edition of the Beat Sid game, again, sponsored uh, by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Check them out at PeerlessBoilers.com and PavilionTankless.com for dealing near you. Peerless Boilers, America's best boilers today. We got Adam in Cranford, New Jersey, a sales associate. What's going on, Adam? How are you guys today? We're all right. How about, how about you, buddy? Doing okay. All right, hanging in there on a, on a Tuesday. Sure am. It's my one day off a week, so there you go. go. There you well. Listen, after all the rain and uh, all, all that stuff uh, yesterday, we got the sun out today, so you can't complain. No. All right. Good. All right. Good. 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 You ready to get into the game? Let's dive right into it. Let's go. All righty, buddy. Number one. What is the name of the office building under siege in the movie? Die Hard. Nakatomi Plaza. Very good. You know your Die Hard, huh, Adam? Oh, uh, I mean, the first one. Yeah, doesn't everybody. Alright, on to number two. In 1928, what New York Rangers coach famously stepped in to play goalie during a Stanley Cup playoff game? Oof. New York Rangers coach 1928, did you say? Yeah, 1928 was the year. We're going way back. Hockey would be my one sport I know the least about, especially going back that far. I don't have an answer to this one. Give me a guess. <laughs> <laughs> Give you, I, I mean, I literally have nothing here. You don't, uh, you don't even know who was on the team in 1928. I mean, 1928 hockey, I got nothing. Yeah, no, I wasn't around then either. All right. Wrong, you two-legged back of Anthony. That's a tough one. All right, you ready for number three? Let's bounce back here. Yeah. All right, let's go. Which family member accompanies Charlie to Willy Wonka's chocolate factory? What, one more time. Which family member accompanies Charlie to Willy Wonka's chocolate factory? That would be his grandpa. What was the grandpa's name? Joe. Bang, bang. Very good, Adam. Two for three. You're off to a hot start. If only you were alive in 1928. Yeah. All right. Number four. What number does Derrick Rose currently wear for the New York Knicks? Ooh, Derrick Rose. Um, wow. Oh, man. I'm going to go with seven. 
Wrong, you two-legged back of Anthony. Just three off. Number four. Ooh, number four okay. the Rose currently wears for the New York Knicks. All right, number five. Let's end with a win here. Who holds the record for most wins in the MLB Home Run Derby with three? MLB Home Run Derby. Okay. Um, three wins. Oof. I can say for certain you were alive for these. Yeah, and I watched them too. That I can't believe I'm choking on this one here. Um, boy. You want to hit? Yes, I do, of course. He was a left-handed bat. Left-handed hitter. Home run derby. Um, tempted to say Ken Griffey Jr., but I don't think he won more than one. Um, Give me something. Oh, boy, this, this is terrible. Um, not Josh Hamilton. I know he had the big one that one year. Uh, Running out of time. I, I go Griffey Jr. That's right. Wow. Yeah, you nailed it. How about it? All right. I give you a little extra time there because I like you, Adam. Appreciate it. All right, I'm not going to give Sid the same amount of time. But I'm looking at him right now. He's just having a conversation in the hallway like uh, like we don't have a game to play. Here he comes. I'm going to throw you on hold here for an ad- uh, Adam for a second, okay? All right. Thanks, Bob. All right, big guy. You got to get uh, – what do you got to get? You got to get four out of five to win. All right, let's go. All right. I'm not going to Google it like the player. They told me he was Googling stuff. He wasn't Googling anything. All right. Adam's a very honest player. Okay, if you say so. I don't know. He's from some Cranford, New Jersey. That place is filled with crooks like Luke Legrano. And where do you come from? I come from Brooklyn, New York. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. And I lived in Tenafly, New Jersey. I have friends in Cranford and Clark and all over the place, and I was all over New Jersey yesterday for that funeral. Let's go. Come on. All right. Just like the Uyghurs, nobody cares, okay? Right. <laughs> yeah, you're right. All right. Let's go. Number one, what is the name of the office building under siege in the movie Die Hard? The Nakataki building. Something like that. Nakataki. Something like that. It doesn't matter. Nakatomi Plaza, but you, you got the hard part. I just saw it again two nights ago. Did you? Yeah, I like the cop. The, he, wasn't he in that show with uh, Urkel? I don't know. He played the father. You know, the cop. The black guy. I, I don't don't know. say that. Why do you have to say that? I always get yelled at at home. But I'm like, I like that guy, the black guy. Why do you have to say that for? Well, because that kind of differentiates yeah. him from the white guy. Yeah. I get yelled at all the time. Okay. All the time. Well, you're in trouble. Yeah. All right. You ready nice. for number two? In 1928, what? New York Rangers coach famously stepped in to play goalie during a Stanley Cup playoff game. Is this true? This is true. He was the coach, so it wasn't Gump Worsley. No. He was the coach, and the coach back then was... Uh, I'm going to go with Joe Gorgia. Wrong, you two-legged back of Tell you what he got in that one, given that you were alive in 1928. Who was it? Harry, uh, Harry, uh, something or other? Lester Patrick. Yes, Lester Patrick. The Patrick uh, children. Yeah, you knew that one. Yeah. All right, number three. Which family member accompanies Charlie to Willy Wonka's chocolate factory? Oh, my God, I have no idea. What do you mean you have no idea? I mean, stop it. I saw that movie like 30 years ago with my son, uh, Gabriel. How do you have no idea who accompanies Charlie to the chocolate factory? Because well, I don't remember. Well, uh, give me a, a nice guess. picture of me and Corey Zondick. We look like oh. gay lovers in this, Mike Garcia. You have to admit that. Our chests are kind of up against each other, but it's a nice picture. Are you changing I'm, the I'm going to go the with uh, the, the, um, Dolores. 
Wrong, you two-legged bag of anthrax should be Jesus. No. Where'd you come up with that idea? Oh, I don't know. Anytime I don't know an answer, I just use that name. Uh, <laughs> 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 it's like Helter Stelter. Okay, here we go. Uh-huh. Coming up, number four. What number does Derrick Rose currently wear for the Knicks? Oh, man. Six? That's your answer? Hold on. Clearly, that's the wrong answer. <laughs> So quick to the punch. He's in the 30s, maybe. Uh, I haven't gone to a Nick game since uh, Seagulls took me to the Indiana Pacers weeks and weeks ago. So I'm going to go. Derek Rose is number three. Brown, you two-legged uh, back of that. You were close. Four. Number four. One off. One more. Come on, let's go. This game has uh, to end uh, before I, I, I turn 60. Yeah. <laughs> All right, number five. Who holds the record for most wins in the MLB Home Run Derby with three? Is that right? Somebody won it three times already? Yeah, I'll give you the same hint again. You know, I haven't watched the MLB Derby once. Not once in my whole life. In fact, I don't watch the All-Star game, any of those uh, festivities. Well, you should have watched it. Back. I'll give you the same hint. It was a left-handed bat. Oh, that just gave it away. I have no idea. No? He won it three times? Yeah. Uh, the home run hitting contest. Yeah. That's what the home run derby is. Yeah. You know who's won it twice, actually, is uh, a guy here in the Mets. Yeah. Okay. My answer is going to be Ken Griffey Jr. Good guess. You and Adam were on the same page. Did I lose? Yeah, you still lost. Oh. You lost. Okay, I fine. I don't know what to tell you. So good. Give Adam the money and the mug and... Uh... Well, you got to talk to him for two seconds. All right. Hi, Adam. How are you? How are you doing today? You know, it's an interesting question. How am I doing today? The funeral was brutal yesterday. Bernie's not well. And that kind of freaked me out just a little bit today. And Carol lost her mother. And yet, with all that said, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm sorry to hear about all the bad news. Please send Bernie our, our best wishes for sure. For sure. I will. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, what do you do for a living? Uh, I'm in appliance sales at a Westfield. I actually spoke to you last week about uh, John Resnick and uh, friends with Jennifer Harrison. Oh, that's you. Okay. Oh, absolutely. Sure. That was a uh, very memorable phone call. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, in fact, I want to get you a number. You said you sell uh, household appliances? I do. I do. What, uh, like right kitchens and stuff? Huh? Yep. It, it's called Top Line. Everybody knows Top Line. Though. All right. Hey, take uh, Adam's number. I'm going to call you one of these days, okay? Yeah, I'll take care of you. All right, pal. Thank you. That's uh, Adam in Cranford, New Jersey. We'll take a short break. He's a nice guy. Uh, we'll wrap things up on this Tuesday edition right after this. Beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. Folks, we're done to Iris Google Dolls. You're wasting it. Play tomorrow morning. We come back on the air. Great job, all you guys, Justin and Luke and Mike and Deb and Frank. Great having Bernie back in studio. He'll be back tomorrow. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. Oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen.